Uh, so we're live talking about this, and then I have a screenshot of the opening crawl to focus mm. live. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a good. Op- uh, it's not a good opening crawl. No, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> I, I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, uh, yeah, <sighs> I like. You know, we've all seen that behind-the-scenes stuff where he was talking about how, like, maybe he had a few too many things going on at once, and that's kind of why it's hard to keep track of where you're supposed to be paying attention or who you're, you're you should be caring about at any given time, and that's kind of why the, the the story got a little bit muddled. But at least that's you know the nice way the documentary presented it to us. But um, after just seeing the crawl, you would have figured he goes like. Maybe this is a little unclear. I'm not entirely certain what we're talking about. And or maybe I'm not certain that this is interesting. Um, But no, he made it all the way through uh, the production and all the way to the end and then screening before he went, huh, maybe that's, maybe it's not so great. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, what, what, what is this thing? What is this thing? The Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy, to settle the conflict. Dot, dot, dot. So, Done. what does any of that have to do with anything that we would care about? Uh, hey, there's a blockade, and we sent two, these two guys over there. <laughs> and it's this uh, planet called Naboo. I mean, I, I gave the other, uh, the original trilogy, a little bit of crap for, uh, you know, basically just laying out the entire plot in the opening crawl. And this one is kind of the exact opposite. It gives us basically nothing. Even if you read it, most of the time you're going to go, huh, what? Well, that's because we don't understand what the Trade Federation is, what the Supreme Chancellor is, why we should care about the taxation of trade routes, uh, and what the Congress of the Republic is, because that also doesn't necessarily make any sense, because we never... Saw the political entity of this this government work before, so uh, unfortunately for us, yeah. And we, oh god, you know, I mean, at the risk of repeating something from the incomparable, like I, I, I can get what he was trying to go for with like I'm going to have a big political piece in here, like a like a a politics heavy movie, but he doesn't know how to write politics much like he doesn't know how to write anything else. And so it just comes off as, as, as a complete disaster. Like, I, I, I don't understand any part of how this government functions from, from watching this, this whole film. And they talked about the government quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to. Uh, it's not... It, no, it's not political in any way. It's not, uh, it, it's not a good commentary on anything relatable. It's not useful in any way. It's just like... If this movie is made for people, uh, uh, what's his name? Jake Lloyd? Yes. It's made for people his age. And uh, part of it actually sounds like it was made by people his age. Hmm. Um, It just, it it doesn't, there's no deeper level to any of it. And it's just, uh, 
because of that, and partly because it's spread so thin with all of the various things happening, that you just can't get deep in it, and then by its nature, it just doesn't do anything. No, and there, there, frustratingly, there are these tiny little shreds of this that could maybe be interesting if you were swept up and seeing this for the first time, but... <laughs> Which parts? Well, like the pod racing, you know, you're just like listening to the sound design, watching the stuff speed by on the landscape. Um, on repeat viewings, like I would say that part is probably still the most interesting part. And there's nothing <laughs> plot wise or narrative wise happening. It's just things racing. I don't um, know, man. That felt it felt like three times longer than I thought it was. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that is that is tech tech. Well, yeah, I just feel longer when you watch it later. But uh but Greg Proops is there being the announcer, which uh, is nice. It's weird. It's That's really weird. weird. Uh, I, 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 uh, but that gets back to George's sense of humor, where, where he thinks that it would be funny if the guy talked like some sort of sports announcer, like a real sports announcer. And it's just like, well, George, you do realize that this is sort of like breaking for us how, how we're getting into this particular thing, don't you? No. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the whole. Um, I, I keep coming back to that angle of it doing too many things because you know we we talked about in the last ones how the plot does very little in each of the movies. All three of them stuck together sort of make one big actual plot, but each individual movie the plot is very little, but the characters evolve a great deal. Uh, you know, uh, over the course of the movie, this one has lots and lots of stuff happening, and it's like they couldn't even figure out who to focus on. To, to give the evolution to that they just kind of like didn't and things just happen and none of it makes any sense and none of it is satisfying at all i mean the, the i mean uh darth maul fighting and stuff is a little cool and uh interesting for a, a few seconds but this is a two hour and 15 minute movie and that's not really it doesn't really save it oh you don't you don't think all the comic relief added with jar jar banks really like redeems it for you uh, he's in a lot of doo-doo, uh, and later he steps in some doo-doo, because... It's, it's, it's poodoo, Dan. It's poodoo. Oh, is that, is that what he says? Yes. It's, it's, a la- it's another language. It's yeah, because uh... that means fodder when you type it out on the screen, so that's not as, as vulgar, of course, because that, that would be beneath uh, the, the kinds of people who would go see such a thing. Um, uh, and, and then you've got and the big camel thing that farts at him and smells real bad, and then they cut away. Like, there's there's no reason that exists in the movie other than to be funny for kids. Yeah, no, but it's not... It's not. I saw this when I was a kid. I don't know about you, but... but, but <laughs> I, I believe I saw it when it came yeah. out in theaters. Okay. See, I got... Uh, I, I, my, my mom's friend worked for uh, a local advertising agency that was doing, I don't know, something connected to this, because she got screening tickets for us to go see it. Uh, and we went to go see it uh, a week before everyone else got to go see The Phantom Menace. So imagine having to sit on that for a week. Uh, and and so I got <laughs> to see the first Star Wars film since Return of the Jedi. And the, it was such a huge, momentous thing for me that I couldn't process what I was seeing. And when I left the movie theater, I also couldn't process it. I wanted to like it very much, but I couldn't say that I liked it. Um, I, I just, I, it, it was just like, it, it, it was sort of like, uh, when you've been hoping for, for something and then you finally get it 
and then that thing turns out to be utter crap, but you don't want to immediately reject it. You just, <laughs> you kind of want to look for all the positives in it because you'd been waiting for this thing for so long. And and so that that was my initial reaction. I know that other people had a similar uh, initial reaction as well, but other people immediately rejected it. So uh, whatever your reaction was, rejection seems to be where the thing where everybody came around to eventually in the end. And uh, I remember distinctly, Going to uh, class one day in that week between I uh, m- my seeing the screening and when it came out in theaters, and uh, a girl in the class approached me and she was like, "Well, how was it? Like this was like her thing that th- she was really into, and she'd never talked to me at all except for this one time that she <laughs> talked to me." You were and the I, coolest kid in school for a week. Well, no, I, I mean she was really the only one who asked me about it, but I, I didn't want to like break her heart by telling her anything about it so i was just like yeah it's good and i like i I felt bad about that afterwards like i I hope that she doesn't blame me for her viewing experience but i just did not have the heart to to you know tell her that that she might not like it (laughs) um Hmm. but but yeah it was it was rough there were dark times for the uh the fans it was the right thing to do. Uh, did she come back after she saw it and like hit you with something? No, she never said anything to me ever again. <laughs> I don't know if that's a subsequent. I don't know if that's a consequence of that uh, uh, event or whether or not that's just the normal course of events. Since she never talked to me before then, but uh, but that was that this was kid what has terrible taste in movies. I can't talk to him anymore. No, she was she was really heavily invested in in also having this be a good movie. So I feel bad. Um, yep. It's pretty rough. Mm. Uh, I wish I had a cool story like that. Unsurprisingly, I don't remember anything about when the first time I saw it. Yeah, well, you know, that's you. and <laughs> That is very much me. But also, like, it's so difficult to process this movie. There is so much in it, and very What's... little of it is of any consequence. It's 136 minutes. Mm-hmm. That is, that is really, really <laughs> long. Um, and it's jam full of things that happen that are not all necessarily connected to anything and are not necessarily of any consequence. So hooray. Yes. And I mean, how do you, how do you even want to approach this? Because we could just go all like red letter media and just pull apart every little thing that is, completely ridiculous off the wall makes no sense of which there are a great many things that just make absolutely no sense but it, it kind of doesn't really i mean we don't really just want to spend another two hours just bashing this movie we just like maybe we can try and find some thread of something that was supposed to be here that was useful i don't i, I don't even i don't even know where to start with this thing well we can start <laughs> with the beginning it's generally a good way but uh i <sighs> i i don't want to go through every single scene in this movie because We'd be here for three hours, and I, I might smash my computer. But um, the <laughs> so, so okay. So, like, I mean, even from the get go, the opening, uh, the Jedi are are on their way to the blockade. Um, they're wearing their hoods very low, so they're very secretive. Uh, the captain of their ship appears to be a twelve-year-old child of some sort. Um, and, uh, they, they, they're very sort of just cloaked in mystery up until they sit down in a conference room and, uh, drink some tea from a, uh, a, a droid that brought it to them who, uh, is supposed to, you know, kill them too. So maybe they should have like just 
thought about the tea for a minute when they were a little bit suspicious rather than just like grabbing it and drinking it immediately? Well, it was a protocol droid. It's not really like designed for death. Um, the uh, but but before that scene, there was the uh, uh, hooded figure that materializes through the hologram, and it's Darth Sidious, and and they're they're talking to him about stuff and like how he wants them to kill the Jedi and things, and. Yay! There's a lot of uh, hologram phone calls in this movie. There's, there are so <laughs> many holograms in this, and there, there are a lot of holograms that don't make any sense, like holograms to talk to your droids. Like, what, what, what is the point of that? They're computer things, like just beam it into their eye sockets, or, or, or just tell them over the phone. Like, do they need to see you? Do they need to emote with you? I mean, they're not even that sophisticated as far as droids go. Um. But yes, yeah. there are a lot of phone calls. That there's are, a lot of phone calls, and then yeah. the other thing are there's a lot of standing around, like talking about what they're going to do, like wh- what what their plan is going to be. So between phone calls and plans, um, that's probably like three quarters of the movie there. Yeah. Plans within plans. There, there is. It's like he took all the really boring parts of Dune and put it in here. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't understand because uh, they're they're supposed to kill they're supposed to kill the Jedi. Um, which they failed to do spectacularly. Uh, like, there's the <laughs> although, whole thing. Although Obi Wan the... has his, I have a bad feeling about this. So there's some fan service, right? And that's another mm-hmm. one of those things. It's in. Is it in every one of the movies? I think it's in every one of the movies. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things that you could put in, I guess, if you have to say it all the time. But and and I, I could understand it because you know you want to appeal to your audience you want to say something like i don't know it was a style at the time or something like that in in like every episode but you don't have to do it um and and but they did and unfortunately the weird part about that is the uh the the whole gassing scene of course it's the gas you can see on screen because you can't just gas somebody with invisible gas because that wouldn't be dramatic and then you gotta so, you gotta wait till they're not dead so th- that part <laughs> He orders the droids to kill him. Yeah. Uh, a turret drops down and blows up their ship and kills the, the teenage captain and whoever else was on the ship. They hear the explosion in the hangar and they jump up and open their lightsabers immediately because, sure, that's what you do when you hear a loud noise in another room. You you, you bust out your lightsaber because you know exactly what's going on. And then and then there's gas. So, Oh, there's uh, always gas. But, uh, so... Why, 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 why did they immediately go? That was a loud noise. Must be time to fight. Well, they can feel a disturbance in the force. Which <laughs> oh, is... yeah, some people died. Yeah, there probably are people. Well, I mean, they shouldn't feel anybody dying. <laughs> They're in a conference room <laughs> on a on a blockade <laughs> ship. People dying would be out of the ordinary. But yeah, uh, the, the, uh, but the... but at least the negotiations were short. Well, yes. wink. Uh, dear. Um, but I mean, there's some cool stuff where he's like sticking the lightsaber through the blast doors and it's heating up. Like uh, the- didn't, didn't you yell at me? Cause I said they should do that in one of the other movies and you're like, no, they're not going to do that. And then he totally does it in this movie. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, listeners write in to tell me that I'm wrong or something. But- <laughs> it was one of the other movies. I was saying, you got a lightsaber, just cut through the door. Well, that must've been a-, a new hope, but I don't remember that conversation. Hmm. Um, but anyway, they, I mean, they don't end up cutting through it. They just make it really hot. Um, 
So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he would have got through it if it wasn't for the uh, the rolly droids that <laughs> had their little those pesky rolly droids. <laughs> pesky rolly droids with their <laughs> shield generators. Uh, but it's okay because uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they can't defeat the rolly droids because they have shield generators, but they can super run away. Which <laughs> this is one of those <laughs> things they, that I had never they... noticed until it was pointed out by a YouTube video, and I still have no uh, no concept of what that was supposed to be. No, I don't. I don't understand. It was just like they could have just ran off to the side. <laughs> they didn't need to like, like fl- slide like off into oblivion. <laughs> they run faster than any of the ships uh, in this movie. In that scene, I don't. I I don't understand what that was. Is is that like a secret uh, thing that they can only? Do? It's like holding the turbo button on your Nintendo, and it only works for so long. No, you don't hold down on the turbo button, but um. So they, they they got to the other end of the hallway, I guess, and, <laughs> and then they went to an air shaft. Yeah, where they um, could conveniently see uh, exposition bomb number one with all of the uh, robots getting onto their ships to go down to Naboo. Also, is this a good time to mention the first racist, horrible voice acting that's in the film? Uh, I mean, we'd be here for two hours just talking about the racist voiceovers. Like, oh my god, uh, what was he thinking? Because. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't like they all came up with this on their own. And they all did their own thing. Like he gave them a specific direction. It's like, why do they sound like that? <laughs> why did you do that? They I mean, maybe speak English. <laughs> the only thing I can guess is that he was trying to differentiate different alien races by saying, like, they'll have a different accent, and I'll liken it to something that you can understand. Like, let's say. This particular uh, alien group has a, a, a vaguely Asian accent, and then they somehow evolved that into making it uh, really, really, really horrible. It's terrible. And also, maybe it would be a little different if you know they had they had hired somebody who had actually had the accent that was ascribed, but they 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 don't. Nobody talks like that. <laughs> No, I mean so, that would that would be the the correct yeah. way to do it if you want diversity amongst your alien races. But, but hire they, people of but, different races to play those aliens. But, but they don't talk like that. They really don't. No, no, no. they don't. Um, no, it's uh, it's very bad. And uh, yeah. you know, even the alien design, the eyes are cool, but uh, the mouths don't move very well. Which you know, I guess it's fine. But basically, those uh, that that entire uh, race of aliens is there just to sort of be uh, cowardly and be pushed around by uh, the Siths. Yeah, well, it, what always gets me is uh, all the Star Wars fans talking crap about how Star Trek is just, you know, people with funky makeup on their foreheads. And it's like, well, you can you can look at their lips, and they're moving normally, <laughs> and you don't have to look at these lips, which are going, like, flopping around like fish lips. Yeah, if you yeah. want makeup on more than just your forehead, this is what you get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but anyway, it, it's, it's really, it's so strange, I don't understand it, uh, but they... And they also get uh, our first glimpse of uh, Queen Amidala. Um, who... So speaking of accents, what what is she doing? <laughs> that is not how Natalie Portman talks. A, not the accent. B, not like the tone of her voice. Did they just like pitch shift her down or did they just tell her to talk like... I, they probably I don't, I don't told know her to talk all aristocratic and stuff and senator well, and things, but it, it doesn't work. It's very low, Joseph. I don't know how to speak that 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 low with my voice. It's just the worst thing ever. Uh, I, uh, as soon as you see her, you're like, "What? What are you doing? You're like 15 years old. Stop doing that." Yeah. Also, the first time you see her, she's covered in that weird makeup on a weird circular black and white screen. 
<laughs> like, which, which okay. like, it looks like they just overlaid the screen over the uh, the door to the room too. Which uh, I the, guess it, du- it doubles as like a projector or something. That, that was on the other side of the room. That wasn't the same. Oh, okay, that wasn't the same. But they're, they're it, it, it was random. the same. It was a similar circular. Thing. They had a circle theme going for their their stuff. <laughs> It's important to tie the themes for, uh, from each room together. That way it has sort of a cohesive, homey feeling. Yes, yes. And nothing ties anything better more than circles. But <laughs> they, they, uh, a circle is round and it has no end, Joseph. Uh, just like this trilogy. But uh, <laughs> no, that's not true. Fortunately, it ended. Um, but <laughs> this this prequel trilogy, um, we're off to a great start because... Uh, it's all about, aha, the Chancellor sent their ambassadors, and now you gave up, I guess. And no, they we never had the ambassadors here. Oh, but I was assured. Oh, this is awkward. Okay. End of the phone call. Um, <laughs> Somebody's lying to somebody. So, again, the point here is that the blockade is blocking... Uh, trade to Naboo. And presumably Naboo is a planet that can't survive off of its own natural resources and requires trade for its economy. So this is really kind of a bummer for them and their their people are maybe starving or something. So well, uh, I, I, I just want to point out, this is a lush green planet. <laughs> <laughs> Where apparently uh, trees grow, but maybe not like food or something. I don't know. We, we could, This is the baseline assumption to then get us to the understanding that uh, the Senate is so bureaucratic that they cannot make any headway with any sort of negotiation that the Chancellor secretly sends the Jedi to go negotiate with these guys because the Jedi are like, you know, thugs for the mafia who are going to kind of like rough you up and push you around a little bit. Say, don't make me come back here or I'm going to have to be uh, real tough with you guys. And then they'll come to some sort of an agreement, apparently. Yeah. Hey, Jedi mind trick about it. Hey, no, uh, I, don't, I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> I mean, um, like, it, it seems like the Jedi are, uh, at least in this particular situation, the way they're positioned, they're they're kind of like being thugs. They're not really being uh, this sort of altruistic kind of uh, universal peacemakers that they're at least described to be in the crawl. No, they... They're complete bozos in this movie. <laughs> um, I would just like to point out that later on, they they come up against slavery and they're just like ah well whatever shrug. <laughs> it's just like what what is wrong with you guys? Like why is that not a priority for you? Well, this you know this this planet hasn't been adopted into the uh, the trade federation or something. No, it's it's not part of the the, the Galactic Republic, so it's totally yeah, fine it's, for them to have slaves or something. It's uh, it's unregulated. It's uh, so I mean nothing we can do about that. I mean here's the here's the form you guys can fill out to like petition for yeah but but here i'll free your kid and take him with me screw you lady (laughs) (laughs) i mean he basically he bought the kid which is uh i mean mean, he does ask the kid if he wants to go with i mean he doesn't like make him go but it's basically like hey kid come with us into our shiny space van and go with us to our, our our city planet full of all this this fancy stuff, or you can stay here on dirt ball planet with your mother. That that scene that scene is emotionally seven years old. Like I've wanted to do this my whole life, but wait, my mom can't come. That's gonna make me sad. I don't want things to change, but things change no matter what. So that's just part of growing up. And okay, mom, bye. Are you kidding? I mean, it's 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 even slower than that and more drawn out. So I guess it's really so people uh, Anakin's age can understand what's happening. 
Well, well, you know, the important thing is that since they know that Republic Dectari are worth nothing, um, they, they can go swap it out for some actual concrete currency that they can take back and buy, you know, his mother, like, immediately after this. <laughs> oh, wait, they don't freaking do that. It's not like he's, it's not like... It's not like Watu's like, nope, not selling anybody. <laughs> totally no, he just, he just said uh, no one goes two back slaves aren't worth that much money. Or, or that much money isn't worth two slaves. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing with, you know, just how quickly they go to uh, our only chance of helping you guys out is to have my son join this dangerous pod race. It's like, yep, that's literally the only thing we can do because there's nobody on this planet who can help us out and we don't have any money. So shucks i'm all out of ideas like maybe think about it for more than five minutes or something guys like i well uh, also we find out like moments later that he's never won any of these before so surely she knows that too never even finished yes so surely she knows that surely and so why is she why is she so like my son will totally be able to do this this will not be risky for him at all everything will be fine and Especially because you totally you've got this bananas dude in a, a robe coming b- around and basically going like, uh, your son can do anything he puts his mind to. And I believe that because um, I tested his blood and his, his numbers are off the charts. Yeah, with my uh, women's razor, uh, <laughs> I, I tested his blood by emailing it back to the ship so they could run the test. Yeah, so apparently uh, uh, he and Obi-Wan are uh, amateur uh, doctors or something in this one. I, 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 I still can't process that scene <laughs> to this day. Oh, I'm checking your blood for infection. Don't worry about it, kid. I just, I just need a sample of your blood. How many years has it been, Dad? This came out in 1999. How many years? I can't process that scene. It doesn't make any sense. Why is that in this film? <laughs> they needed a way to quantify his forciness in a way that the audience <laughs> would understand is the only thing... <laughs> It's the only way I can describe it. Oh, God, but it doesn't make any sense. And it, no. it, it takes away all the magic and mystery of everything. You know? Uh, I mean, that and, like, the three other times that Qui-Gon explains midichlorians. <sighs> Listen to them, for they tell you the things and the st- Oh, my God. Just just with the, with the, with the F. With the F, <laughs> Dan. <laughs> it makes me so angry. My, my blood uh-uh. is full of anger, not midichlorians. And apparently there's like a uh, a database of, uh, you know, there's like a leaderboard of who has the most midichlorians, because not even Yoda has, uh, has 20,000. Yes, because that, that <laughs> do they have like an Xbox charts. Live account? And they, yeah. And they, they have a live chart? All, all of the Jedi log into their game center and upload their uh. blood samples. <laughs> <laughs> and Anakin has become the, the new leader. But but what does it what does it realistically mean? <laughs> it means he has the most potential forciness in him. Uh. So I mean, okay, so we're we're not even getting to the plot here, but let's just talk about Anakin for a minute. So basically, he is <sighs> the worst child actor ever. Okay, no, but I mean, as a character, <laughs> he he was immaculately conceived by midichlorians. Okay, now I know that George Lucas is really into the the Joseph Campbell stuff, like myth and archetypes and everything. I I know that he's he's really into it, 
but you really do not need to have an immaculate conception story <laughs> in here. It just to just lay that on top of everything else that's in this film. Like it totally could have just been some dude. Could have been yeah. some dude, one night stand, whatever. <laughs> like, because if you take this and you spit it and you go with like a like a Jesus story, what he's basically saying is that um, without a father for the first however many years of his life, uh, Jesus would have turned into Satan. I guess. I mean, it, I don't know. This because that's basically what happens. So, uh, mm-hmm. You know, the reason that the Jedi Council denies uh, Anakin uh, entrance into the uh, the apprenticeship program basically is because yes, while he does have uh, an inordinate amount of forciness, uh, for lack of a better term, um, he is full of fear because he grew up uh, a slave and he is afraid that he is never going to see his mom again or something bad's going to happen. And they think that that fear is going to overwhelm him at some point in his life and he's going to turn to the dark side. Spoiler alert, totally does. Uh, but um, Qui-Gon is a jackass and decides that he's going to uh, train him anyway just because, like, Bro, he's over twenty thousand. Like, he, he, how can you not? Like, even if it goes horribly wrong, like, how could you not? Don't you want to see what an over twenty thousand Jedi looks like? <laughs> now it's suddenly Dragon Ball Z or something. But like, uh, you haven't seen my next phase, whatever thing. This uh, isn't even my just final shouting, form. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> my final form. Oh God, it's so uh. dumb. Who thinks I, like I, this? I'm going to see uh, episode 3.5 where Anakin fights Frieza. <laughs> uh, but, then, but then he just holds up a finger and blocks his, his final attack. No, totally. That's because he's so powerful. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I didn't watch Dragon Ball Z or anything. But <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so, th- so that's basically it, right? So Anakin was immaculately conceived. Yeah. He has uh, the the world's most forciness because he was conceived by the Force. The there's a, there's a prophecy that predicted that one day somebody would be born by the forciness and he would bring balance to the Force, whatever that means. Well, that and, means he's going to kill all those people with midichlorians, and then but, it will totally balance it out. Okay, so here's the other thing. Bring balance uh-huh. to the Force. And yet, until Qui-Gon goes back and goes like, hey guys, I think I, I fought a Sith dude. They're basically like, haven't the Sith been extinct for a millennium? Like, what are you talking about? So the balance seems to be pretty heavily in the favor of the Jedi already. So maybe his bringing balance to the Force is he's destined to become a bad guy because there's already too many good guys. Yes, we'll see exactly. That's the thing. Because balance w- would dictate that... <laughs> all, all of the good guys except like one have to die. Yes. Cause oh well, but but that's not balanced either, because what really happens is the balance comes about after that guy dies, and then there's just Luke left. <laughs> mm. Actually, you know, maybe maybe they're balancing it strictly in a mathematical sense. So he's got the twenty thousand and he's gonna end up on the bad side. So you gotta add at least a couple guys up on the good side to equal the twenty thousand. So that's why you've got Yoda and Obi-Wan still alive. Quota systems never work, Dan. <laughs> Apparently neither do trade federations. Uh, okay. So that's okay. So those that's our that's our main our main character guy, and he's a slave and he works in a, an auto parts shop because um, he's super good at Are building stuff. Are you stuffs. an angel? Uh <laughs> So he's eight, and then a pretty girl walks in uh, who's, like, 14, and he immediately starts hitting on her in a way that he, he tries to, like, pass it off as, like, not even innocent, but, like, stupid. Like, I've heard that there are angels that come from so-and-so planet. It's like, what? What, what are did you, you sure just he, say? Are you, are you sure he was passing it off as stupid and not just 
and that's just being okay. Well, the he aforementioned was thing. he was directed to be stupid and not to be like slightly hitting on her. Okay, because it's uh, how how can I how can I put this? Um, I don't like anything <laughs> about Anakin Skywalker in this you film. Just stop that. I don't like anything. Yeah, um, but, so, but especially him. The, the, the you don't think he was uh, a good choice for casting? Well, I feel I feel bad about. I feel bad for Jake Lloyd. Like, I don't want to hurt his feelings. He was doing the best that he could do as a kid. Like, I'm not I'm not going to, like, try to make some kid cry. Like, that's not the point of my criticism. It's just that <laughs> either he was miscast or he was given poor direction by somebody who has confessed to not being that good at directing people. Um, so, you know, either of those are possibilities. Also, child actors, even, even under the best circumstances, even if you have, when you have the best child actors in the whole world... And they're they're being directed in just the best way possible. They're still child actors, and you, you still kind of don't really buy into whatever it is they're doing. You try to minimize everything that they do in the film. Yeah. Um, so perhaps but he is the he is the center of this film. So that's kind of out the window. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Perhaps maybe don't make it all about this kid because he's dreadful. Uh, we could flash forward a few years to. Uh, when when he's more grown up, and we he could be played by a more, another dreadful actor, but 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 in this particular a very instance, brooding a very brooding actor though. Yes, well you know sand is chorus and it gets everywhere, but we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get uh, he, there. He was uh, he was nine when they made this movie. Uh, I mean I feel bad I feel bad for him. Like you know he was trying, he was giving it his all, he was doing his thing. Like I I, I it's just it wasn't good. Like, why George did this, I can't possibly say, other than he thought it was fine. <laughs> he thought it was good. And then it's just like, well, why, George? Why? Because it doesn't come out good. It's it, The end result is not is not enjoyable for me. I don't know if it's enjoyable for you, Dan, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, nope. No, um, and the, the whole thing gets back to, like, maybe, I really think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there is just so much going on in this movie. Because... Um, basically everything that is relevant in this movie is subtext to the regular scenes. And that's kind of the way the other movies were too. Like, you know, they have to go buy parts for their ship and fix their ship. But, oh, along the way, they're going to meet this person and discover that. And then this sort of thing is just going to transpire just over the course of those events. But there are so many just, we need you to walk from there to there. And we need you to have some stuff to say to tie that to that. And maybe like a sentence of it will sort of like, help us lead on to the next scene but there's just it's just overwhelmed with nonsense like i don't give a crap about Watto. i don't need any of that oh he's immune to the jedi mind trick which is hilarious because then that sort of propels us forward into the fact that he's got a gamble against him and it's like qui-gon is the most like reckless human being on this planet apparently because he's just like oh yeah everything's gonna be fine let's not worry about that because we got this kid and he's over twenty thousand, and uh we got to get out of here we're you know we're running out of time because we got this message which is probably a trap from naboo saying hurry up and come help us so we got to hurry up and like i don't even know where they're going and why they're in a hurry or what the hell he's gonna do when they get there well they're going to coruscant for what purpose to well obviously to frustrate that droid that asked them first of all but uh (laughs) Uh, the droid (laughs) you're going to coruscant where coruscant does not compute you're under arrest are you kidding me somebody wrote that line and got paid to write does not compute you're under arrest wait 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 dan technically you got that line wrong but i'm gonna let it pass uh the 
What part of what was it? Does not compute. You're under arrest. Isn't no, that what he, it was? He, he, just, oh, no, he, he doesn't say does not compute. He just goes, uh, 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 you're under arrest. I'm ambassador to the Supreme Chancellor. I'm taking these people to Coruscant. Where are you taking them? To Coruscant. Coruscant. Uh, that doesn't compute. Uh, wait, uh, you're under arrest. And uh, it, it's 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 bad. And George wrote this. That is partly why all of the dialogue is horrible. <laughs> this whole film, the dialogue is so bad, so dreadfully bad. I don't understand the dialogue. Like people have to say the most ridiculous things in some of these scenes, and the droids are played for comic relief in every instance they could possibly play for comic relief which makes you doubt how they could possibly take control of an entire planet i got i got, an, I got another one for you um so they they uh they get the gungan ship to go through the planet core or whatever and the they planet take, core that's that's good that's better yeah. than mine um well it's not, they, it's not it's not like something that i won at dan <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay. Well, fair enough. But like, okay, so they rescue Jar Jar because he owes him a, a life debt, which is apparently a thing. Um, but he's going to make Jar Jar the navigator because, he, you know, they need some help getting to the planet core. Uh, but then they're like down there running away from giant scary fish or whatever that aren't really that scary. There's and always a bigger goes, fish. Um, don't know where we're going. Uh, don't worry about it. The force will guide us. What the force will the for, forces map quest now? Like, what are you talking about? The well, you see, Dan, the entire planet is some sort of porous calcium limestone sponge shape thing that you can just fly through uh, in your little submarine thing through the water. And there's just animals and critters everywhere. Because that makes geological sense on no level at all. <laughs> and uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's just what, what the F is going on here. Like, I just don't understand. Yeah, and uh, n- not to jump around, but while we're on the topic of lines that are just abysmal, uh, we-, we got a great one um, from our beloved friend Sam Jackson. Um, this is the clue we need to unravel the mystery of the Sith uh, when he's telling him to, 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 to go find out who Darth Maul is. Um, the clue we need to unravel the mystery of the Sith. Yep. Yep. George, what, George Lucas wrote that. <laughs> what 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 mystery what clue what what sith they're millennia dead, dead extinct for a millennia <sighs> all right i'm gonna i'm gonna take uh, take a sip of my water and calm down i'm gonna pour my beer up some more i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to bring alcohol into this because i knew it would just end badly but um uh it's already ended badly it's this movie you probably have more uh self-control than i do <clears throat> so uh, well it's just a it's a it's a fine uh, vanilla stout from uh, from uh, El Segundo Brewing Company. No, oh, I like a good vanilla stout. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Gungans, Hidden City. Um, F- the Gungans. Um, <laughs> I, shake, I, shake their flabby lips and spit everywhere, either out of anger or out of happiness, because he does it twice, and both contexts seem to work. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, and the and then, jowl uh, shaking. You know, um, Senator Palpatine's talking to uh, Queen Amidala. His uh, his hologram phone call hangs up, and uh, some rando dude sitting in a chair says a communication interruption can only mean invasion, which, I, you know, props for them only having, like, one thing that causes their, their broadband to go out. Like, clearly they don't have Comcast, but um, 
I that's a hell of a leap to make, but sure, whatever. Um, well, it's HughesNet, uh, so <laughs> you know, it's, you can, it's, uh, not, you, it's not cloudy outside, so they, something else must have been it. You can you can live where you want and still surf the internet and uh, <laughs> buy shoes like these. Um, but she won't uh, condone a course of action that will lead them to war, even though it's like okay. Know. I just want to I would want to clearly define the fact that there can be no war. They have no army. <laughs> they have nothing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, basically, she's saying, I'll do whatever I can possibly do to talk our way out of getting punched in the face. There, I mean, one of the things the opening call a crawl could have addressed is how things possibly escalated <laughs> to blockading a planet with deadly battle droid ships. What was that about? Because uh, they, they, they even go to great lengths to stress that it's legal. How is this legal? It's, what is um, going on? <laughs> it's a protest or something, right? It's a, it's a, it's a civil friendly protest. No, no, with, it's with not. Deadly, with deadly battleships. No. See, what happened is George needed something to happen in the story. And so he wrote a line that says it's fine. <laughs> as you know, our blockade is completely illegal. Like, thank yeah. you for literally saying, as you know, um, so and 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 so at the same time she's like we we won't go to war and it's like you cannot go to war there is no war if you if everyone in your populace suddenly picked up like sticks and twigs and rocks you still wouldn't have a war you have I mean, you have the, a couple even the Ewoks like walks did that yeah you have a couple you have a couple speeders that have a couple like laser things on them and you have a volunteer <laughs> security force volunteer i mean they and, got pretty sweet hats though oh man the sweetest hats uh, but it, it, it makes it really hard to take the security chief seriously with, with that hat, but I try, uh, especially when he has to deliver that line at the end, um, about the, <laughs> the trade franchise getting revoked. It's like, what, why did you have, you poor thing, you poor guy. Uh, yeah. You think that was a, that outfit was like, um, a concept that they didn't use for the Street Fighter movie for General Bison. Oh man, I can only assume they, they the costuming in this movie is all over the place, and I mean that in the sense that everyone is generally dressed very poorly, except for uh, I would say Queen Abadala, who has these outrageous outfits that she puts on scene to scene. Uh, everyone, which else, are pretty cool. I mean, it's just yeah. a, it makes no sense that she's. In that elaborate setup. No, like, what is this? The VH1 later. Music Awards, and you're Sarah Jessica Parker, and you have to be swept <laughs> off screen so you can go change it to something else. Yeah, yeah. That that's a reference for people who grew up, I guess, in the '90s. But um, oh, that's I mean, another... they, they they still do that thing. But that's another thing. Is uh, speaking of the '90s, remember remember uh, Duel of the Fates when that was on Total Request uh, Total Re- uh, Request Live with uh, Carson Daly as a thing in the top ten music videos leading up to the release of this film. No. Well, it happened for weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I know that was not when uh, former guest of the show Casey Liss was on TRL, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I would love to hear from anyone who happened to be on TRL if they if they happened to be during that period where, where it was about Star Wars, because uh, that, that seems incongruous with the rest of TRL. <sighs> anyway, so that was a random segue. What were we talking about? We we were talking about this movie. Um, What's this movie? Uh, uh, Star Wars. Um, Can you describe it to me, Dan? N- no, it's. I mean, give me some time. Okay. 
How much time? You say about like an hour and thirty six minutes. I, you know, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm looking through my notes and I'm like suddenly lost because uh, it's like well we skipped around like forget the notes. I'm trying. No, I'm trying to. Figure do you want it. Do you want to share with the audience how many pages of notes you took? I took twenty six pages of notes, and that's even with me. You know, I, I normally give up like three quarters of the way through, but most movies there's like six seven pages. This is twenty six. 26 um, pages in but, my field notes. But, but audience, yes, it is field note size. Like, not like eight and a half by 11 or A1s or whatever, A4s, no. whatever you uh, weirdo people in Europe have. It's, it's, it's loosely curved, but that's just, no, that's a lot of, that's a lot of notes for me. Tons of fields. Um, yeah. So. All right. So they yeah. escape through the blockade because <laughs> they've got one ship, uh, like the, 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 the shiny Jedi, ship, the Jedi get through and uh, they, they, they you know, there, there's there's a fair amount of uh, lightsabery business in the in the beginning of this movie. You got to start with it to catch the kids' attention, uh, shiny glowy bits, and then there's some more when they uh, jump down off the little uh, bridge thing and kill the like. Uh, well, not kill um, because that, you can't kill stuff. It's that's why they got to be uh, you know droid are, guards. Are, or are, are droids alive? Uh, I don't I don't believe they are. Um, mm-hmm. We'll have to we'll have to wait for the robot or not on that one. But yeah. like. Basically, they hop down off the bridge and they 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 slice up like six or eight uh, little robot droids and they're like, "Hey guys, we should get out of here because uh, bad stuff's happening." Uh, because you know, otherwise they were going to go be processed, um, which is what the viceroy says they should go do. Send them for processing. It's just uh, like what a horrible line. Who, and who, who knows what that? Uh, that's it doesn't anyway. mean anything. No. So, th- so they hop aboard that really yeah. like uh, you know uh, shiny, s- shiny, sleek looking ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, like f- it's th- it's like that part in uh, Flight of the Navigator where it stretches out over the uh, the slit scan. It was a cool part. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they escape through the blockade and oh no, well, they get hit and their their shield generator is down and they send yeah. all the droids out and all of them get blown up except R two, who fixes the shield generator just in time for them to escape to Tatooine. Uh, what I love is how that was shot in the lines that were delivered because r2 basically like plugs in a little thing like on screen that's all you see him do is like this little caliper thing like plugs in one little wire thing and then all of a sudden the shield generators back online and he's rerouted and then inside he's like oh he he rerouted the power we have full shields shields at maximum everything's great that little droid did it and it's like he plugged in one wire guy like (laughs) Well, let's, apparently let's that's all you need. Like, remember yeah. where, when the ship with uh, Jar Jar under the water shorted out and they ran out of power and then uh, Obi-Wan just, like, yanked one wire out of a thing and then zapped another wire with it and then suddenly they were up and running again? Yeah, well, you got to jump start your bum gus, whatever that thing was called. Yeah, apparently it's really easy to hotwire uh, an yeah. underwater ship. And every, everyone, you know, again, it's Star Wars, so everyone's familiar with spaceship repair. That's just a thing they do. Yeah, but they gave they gave that, that little droid a little ceremony. Yeah, um, so apparently not only was this uh, escape ship uh, sufficient for escaping, it also has a throne on board, which is where... They gotta have a throne, Dan. You gotta have a throne room on your starship. Like, why not? Um, so, uh, where are you supposed to you know. receive guests? <laughs> You're not. It's uh, it's a uh, it's it's just a little transport. Anyway, so you know they tell him to you know give him an award, give him cleaned up or whatever, because he uh, he deserves our thanks and praise, even though he's a robot that does what you tell him, and he's he's a subordinate. He's uh, whatever. So good job at executing those plans that we we gave to you. Yes, you are still our property, and we own you, but we really wanted to say thanks. 
<laughs> well, at least the queen did. I mean, maybe she's just like having a bit of a nervous breakdown and just <laughs> wants to have some sort of semblance of uh, civility on board the ship. So we're going to have a little ceremony and I'm going to bestow upon R2 uh, our gratitude and uh, whatever. Yes. And and basically, this is the, the whole reason that exists is so we can, we can meet Padme, who is uh, a clone of the queen. Not a clone. Ident- identical twins. Whatever. Not, not an identical twin. Whatever. They, they look the same. <laughs> yes. Well, that was it's, the point. It's the same actor. It's, well, no, it's not. Do you know who it is? To, according to IMDb, it is. Kira Knightley. What? Uh, where? When? Uh, do you, are you not, are you unawares of this? I, I saw her listed on here, but I didn't, I didn't remember seeing what she was playing. She, she was, she was playing the, the opposite. She of, plays, uh, yeah. Sabe, whatever yes. that is. Yeah. What, well, okay. But who's still, the I'm, handmaiden who charades around as the queen whenever Natalie Portman is the handmaiden? What? Yes. Oh, so I saw her credited as Queen Amidala and Padme, so I thought they put her in both of them, and then Here Knightley was the third one. No, they. Well, that was that was the whole thing is that uh, Kira Knightley is the queen in some of those scenes, and Natalie Portman is the queen in some of those scenes. Hmm. See, I thought she, I thought they they used uh, special visual computer effects to put two of her, and then there was a third one who was. <laughs> Don't be her. ridiculous, Dan. How could you use computers <laughs> in this movie? Uh, okay, so that's uh, fascinating. Not really, but sure. <laughs> Not really, but oh, Sofia Coppola was in there too. Apparently, somewhere. Ah, uh, well, she's a terrible director. Uh, <clears throat> well, she anyway. was an actor in this one, so. Well, she's also. Have you seen Godfather Three, Dan? <laughs> I own it, but no, I've never seen oh, it. Oh my god. I, you should watch that. I mean, when if you if you want to get over how bad this movie is, just go go watch that, and you'll just be like, "How could you ruin the goodwill towards this franchise with this 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 sequel?" And uh, you know, George followed in the footsteps of his uh, his buddy uh, Coppola with with ruining Star Wars. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. I'll... I'm not gonna watch that. No, <laughs> so ser- we're down on Tatooine. They, yeah. uh, their, um, their hypercore something whatever is damaged. They always seem to be getting damaged. Hyperdrive. Like- it's leaking. Yeah, the- <laughs> what is it leaking? <laughs> it's leaking hyperdis. Um, they should really make make stronger hyperdrives because uh, uh, apparently well, that's a big thing in in all of these movies. I mean, I can understand it because you need it for the drama of being able to tell a story by not being able to go immediately to what your destination is. But at the same time, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just ridiculous the way they do it in this film. Uh, Cause not only is it broken and they land on, they have to land on a planet. So they pick Tatooine uh, and they're like, well, you know, by their logic, it'd be just as bad if Queen Amidala were found by the huts as, as it would be with the trade Federation. Only the huts are not looking for her. Yeah, uh, so that makes sense. Except they get down there, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? Let's talk to one person on this planet that might have the part we need, and we'll focus on him. And we're not going to do anything else. We're not going to pursue trying to sell this ship for another ship. We're not going to uh, try to uh, barter our way with passage on another ship. We're not going to do anything else. Our only possible solution is this cockamamie plan." <laughs> 
Well, this is probably the only ship that has a, a queen uh, throne room on it. And oh, also, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, how, it's got, it's, how is it's she going have... to do her droid ceremonies without her throne room? <laughs> it's got to have sufficient closet space because apparently she brought a large wardrobe with her that we get uh, when they basically say, sorry, your uh, your money isn't good here because we're not part of the Republic or whatever. And Qui-Gon calls Obi-Wan on, the, on, on his cell phone and goes like, what else do we have to trade? And he's like, I don't know, the queen's wardrobe because apparently she brought... Uh, you know, a change of clothes do they like not, every do five they, minutes. So, do they not have like some place where you can do an exchange? <laughs> do they not have Western Union out there? I mean, no, no, but like seriously, you you go over to Europe and it's just like every single place is like, here's my American dollars, give me your euro money. Okay, fine, whatever. You pound sterling, sure. Let's swap this thing out. Like whatever you want to do. How is that impossible on this planet? Surely these people must do business with the Republic in some capacity. Um, I am going to assume that this, uh, planet being so far removed from the rest of civilization does not have, uh, other starships that are capable of leaving the planet, even though it's, they have It's not that races. far removed because it was the closest to Nebu. So. <laughs> well, they have pod races, but they can't leave the planet, you know, because we get, uh, C-3PO saying like, oh, you know, that, that... Uh, space travel sounds pretty dangerous. You'll never get me on one of those things. And, you know, Anakin, apparently, he, he's, we, he's never seen one or been on one, so... Can we talk about C-3PO for a second here? Yeah. Um, I'm really disappointed that Anakin made C-3PO. I never envisioned that as the uh, story arc for him. Well, he's very handy. Well, yes, he's very handy in making British proto- protocol droids on a desert planet. <laughs> he um, built a protocol droid to help his mom with all of her protocol needs. Yes, yes. Well, he's familiar which, with uh, 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 binary load lifters, which are very similar to your... Uh, it's, it's, moisture why, farmers and stuff. Why, why, why? It doesn't... It didn't need to be this way, George. Why did you do this? This is not a good choice. Creatively, I, I criticize this. This is not good. Well, I mean, how else are you going to get uh, 3PO and R2 to meet? Any other way? I mean, he could have <laughs> been... He could have been... Uh, a droid who was on the Trade Federation ship because there already was a protocol droid there. It could have been C-3PO and it's like stows away with them and it's just like, oh, you have me as your hostage. Oh, you guys aren't so bad. I'm just with the Trade Federation because of that. Oh, I'll be, I'll follow along with you guys because I like you better. Whatever. It could have been anything in the world. You could have met him on Coruscant. They could have had him not appear in the film altogether and just had him appear later. He didn't, he didn't need to be there. But, but, but now uh, they could sell a, a naked 3PO droid toy. What do you mean naked? My L-O-L. parts are showing. Uh. <clears throat> Which is a hilarious bit of humor, uh, along with the part where Jar Jar like eats like a dead animal on a stick and then spits it out, and then it hits that other guy, and then Anakin talks him down from a fight. Can somehow. we talk about how everything that Jar Jar Binks did in this film needed to be a Rube Goldberg device of like a whole bunch of chain of events, things like unfolding in a comedic and unexpected manner. It's, um, it's like slapstick. Like I, I think all of uh, Jar Jar Binks scenes were uh, written when George was sort of just like watching Saturday morning cartoons with a small child next to him. Or, or, or like Marx brothers movies or something like it, it but, but not even as good. As no. as any of those things, it's just like, <sighs> dear. The, the, I mean, but everything just like unfolds in these scenes of just like whoa, flopping around, knocking things over. They fall into other things. They fall into other things. Oh no, how wacky! 
But I accidentally took out all of the enemy tanks because I was being a coward and knocked this thing down on the back of the thing. Oh no, my foot is all tangled up in this droid. Hopefully it doesn't shoot someone every time I, I, I flick my leg around. <laughs> that was, uh... I mean, it was... Dreadful? Horrible? Worse, worse than anything else in the whole entire universe? <laughs> nearly almost (laughs) potentially humorous for a second it wasn't funny there's no way that that could work it wasn't funny it it would only be funny if this was a movie making fun of movies that did that sort of thing but it is not that sort of movie it is star wars it is uh it is a little unfortunate that it comes in the middle of a war scene where people are being well gungans are being killed do you you don't see gungans being killed though well, of course not, because you can't show yes. that. It's, it's a war, but you can't show. This this was in the late 90s period after like the E.T. movie erased all the shotguns and everything, where everything was going to be like kid-friendly violence. And it's just like, all you do is you say that people's lives are in danger and being threatened and stuff, and you don't show any of it. So Well, good. then I guess that makes that one line, the death toll is catastrophic, uh, a little, uh, that's probably what put it into its PG rating, or is this PG, or is this uh, PG-13? Uh, well, no, it's PG. It's, it's PG. See, George isn't afraid to, like, slice a bro in half and have him fall down a shaft or whatever, so it's not, it's not, it's not so much that violence is, like, off the table, it's just, like, just like the these harming innocent bystanders thing is is just like that that's the bad part like it can only be violence against the bad guys even the slicing in half like he's so small in frame before his legs separate that i think the majority of small children watching this wouldn't even have noticed and there's even just there's a very very light mist of blood when he gets sliced in half which um you know given the things we know about lightsabers probably shouldn't be there but uh it's there yeah, well, I mean, we'll get to the th- thing. Um, so they do all this BS on this planet with the one guy who has one part and not talk to anyone else, no cross shopping at all. Determined to get the one thing, there's a sandstorm, and they go and they hang out with Anakin and his family. And uh, there's that weird British lady who's like, storm's coming, Annie. And it's just like, why? Why? Why, why is this in here? <sighs> it's uh, it's like the lady from uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Run home, Charlie. Run home. But, wh- but why? Every, t- every time he does something in this film, I'm just like, why? Why did you waste any time on this? Uh, mm. but, 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 they, but they do. They talk about how there's a storm coming. Because they have Obi-Wan say it, they have Qui-Gon talk to, you know, everyone else about it, and, like, the kid says it, and it's just like, oh, you can't walk back to the thing, like, come back to my place. Like, everyone's talking about the storm, and it's just like, we don't see a storm at all, nothing happens, we move on, end of story. It's just an excuse to get the characters to meet up with Anakin in his house, and talk to the mom about his immaculate conception, and to have Jar Jar try and eat an apple or whatever the... F that was uh, with his tongue and we can we can do the thing with C-3PO being naked and we can have all these funny funny moments mm. but don't <sighs> forget the important plot moments over dinner as well where we learned that uh, Anakin is the only human who could be a pod racer because uh, he's he's great at it he's got great reflexes and uh, Qui-Gon says you must have Jedi reflexes then so uh, clearly he, he, he really wants this kid to be a Jedi um, 
Uh, and then uh, th- this is where they, they basically say the their only solution, since they need this one part, and um, Qui-Gon can't use his mind trick to uh, lie and make Watto sell him stuff with invaluable money, um, the, the only way to do it is to get him to bet, because they, they apparently all have gambling addiction, so he's going to, he's going to get him to go in on a, a pod race bet, and that's, that's the only possible solution for getting off the planet. And then he does, like, another bet about that other guy with the short legs that Jar Jar ran into earlier, uh, for Anakin's slave papers, or whatever. Ugh. He's not a slave, I'm a person with feelings and stuff. I... I, I can understand if you wanted to address human trafficking and slavery and all kinds of actual problems, how that would potentially be an opportunity to do it, and you didn't. It's 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 really not addressed. It's just a thing. Yeah, Sla- slavery makes uh, Anakin and his mom sad, and then uh, yeah, well, An- I mean, Anakin's not a slave anymore. Makes everybody sad, and like Natalie Portman's like, oh, that shouldn't be a thing. But it is. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> Nothing I can do about it as queen of another planet. Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, I, I gotta yeah. go to the Senate later, and I'm gonna talk to them about all of our trade routes, because that's really pressing. But, you know, and, if, maybe if there's time, I'll bring up the slavery, but it's mostly about the trade routes I gotta go talk to the Senate about. And no one will ever fix anything on Tatooine, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, they're more moisture farmers. Huh? Who, who cares? I It makes... It, it, it it drives me up a wall why he would introduce all the slavery stuff and leave it completely unaddressed. Uh, it's 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 it wasn't even necessary. Like we didn't need it as part of the other trilogy. Um, so whatever. But uh, they agree to this, and they see Anakin's pod thing, and the little kids are all like, "Oh, you're not going to do it, Annie," and they're all like, "Oh, I'm going to do it," and, and then. You know, he's like, be careful, don't put your head through the power couplers, and then uh, pan- uh, put your hand through the power couplers, and he puts his head through it, and it's just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. oh my tongue is numb. And, uh, and then he gets <laughs> his hand stuck in the turbine, and you're like, oh, are they going to st- start it up with his hand in the turbine and cut his hand off? And We could uh, have only hoped, but... Uh, Padme just walks over and, like, yeah. pulls his hand out, and it's like, what, what are you doing? Like, how, how are you this dumb that you can't get your own hand out of a turbine? Well, remember, he was banned from the Gungan city because he's clumsy. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's nice that he never, uh, elaborated on that. Yeah. Well, obviously he must've like almost destroyed the city by like stepping backwards into something one time. Um, but (laughs) but he's He's, he's like, he's like Mr. Magoo level of clumsy where like he's knocking over buildings and stuff like, you you know, or like one of those cartoons where somebody's like sleepwalking and they're walking on like a steel girder that's being lifted up the side of a construction site and they end up just stepping off at the right time to step onto another building. But he's that level of just ridiculous coincidental (sighs) mayhem around him. Yeah. Him. I sorry, <laughs> sorry. I know we have to edit that later, but uh, he's just the worst. He's he's terrible. So he's he's got a ship ready. He's gonna race. He's never even finished before. He wrecked Watto's ship, but he's gonna do good now. And Qui Gon's like, hey, he's totally the best because he's over twenty thousand. We tested his blood. He's 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 got strong forciness, and he's he doesn't have a father. He was immaculately force conceived. Uh, Ew. Not a <laughs> no, title no, suggest. No, no one suggests that as a title. Force is in the force, not No, no. just I know it I know what you meant, but that's not ever <laughs> I just ugh. 
All right, so. <laughs> um, so then there, then then there's the race. Oh no, um, chance cube. Yeah, the chance. I happen to have a chance cube here, which <laughs> red, red and blue chance cube. It. And of course, um, Qui Gon being the uh, paragon of uh, truth and order in the universe uh, cheats so he can get Anakin instead of the mom. Yeah, <laughs> screw her. Yeah, I mean, you know, his <laughs> obsession with this kid is getting a little creepy now. I gotta say. Yeah, well, it's 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 not just that, but it's also like illogical. <laughs> like, if you know that he is a slave on this planet, and that this guy is generally willing to just sell things, maybe just come back with some actual money that he'll take, and <laughs> you can just take both of them. But you don't care about that. You They're under a time crunch. You have some convoluted plan to take him immediately. Yeah, he's under a time crunch, at least with regard to the Senate stuff, so he, you know, he doesn't know if he's going to have time to come back, and it's going to be, you know, a couple of weeks, and he doesn't want to come all the way back to Tatooine because there's nothing on this planet, it's terrible. Uh, he just, he would just rather um, cheat and uh, steal him soon, like right now. That's so dumb. <sighs> so yeah, now, now onto the race and the camel farting in Jar Jar's face, and then uh, the guy with the, the feet sort of like half breaking something off the side of Anakin's pod, which nobody noticed apparently. I'm not happy about that. Or any of that, or why that needed to be. We didn't need <laughs> which part, the farting or the sabotage. All of it. Like we didn't. We didn't, we really super did not need the farting animal in in this movie. We were good for time. Like we we don't need it in there to pad this out so that we could we could like meet some requirement. It's o- it's only an extra like ten seconds, and it makes the little kids laugh because farts are funny. No, no, burn it to the ground. Um, and then. Uh, Sepulba, uh, we don't need another adversary in here because we have plenty of those. <laughs> we have the Trade Federation, we have droids, we have, we have Darth Maul, we have Sidious, we have, we have all of this stuff. We are good on bad guys in this film. We don't need some other guy who's like, he he he, I'm gonna break this. <laughs> well, we, we have to know who is going to be contending for uh, first place against Anakin. And we need we need uh, multiple reasons to root for Anakin over top of this other guy. Not just because if Anakin wins, the plot with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan works out, but we want him to win for his own pride because this other guy always wins. And also this other guy that always wins is also a jerk. Yes. So, uh, you know, just adds a little extra, a little flavor to the scene, a little cayenne to the scene. Bam, as Emerald would say. <laughs> yeah. He, was, he yeah. was popular at the time this movie was out. So, <laughs> so they do uh, three laps um, through the canyons and stuff. And uh, Anakin forgets to turn off the parking brake for, like, the launch, I guess. So... He starts from the back of the pack. He, he's the underdog. He's last place. Well, well uh, except for that other guy who has the four engines that explode later. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that guy doesn't even get off the line, and then uh, it just kind of explodes. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got Greg Proops giving his announcer voice, talking about stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's the two-headed alien, one of them speaking an alien uh, tongue, and uh, one of them being Greg Proops doing Greg Proops' voice. No, no different, just Greg Proops' voice, so... Uh, whose pod race is it anyway? Announcing Anakin doing good and coming from behind to okay ten points win. Um, and then we <laughs> we have we have the huts that show up and yeah. uh, 
uh, demon teeth guy with the loopy head thing and mm-hmm. the goiter. He he yeah. shows up, and uh, they they they're all like, "Oh yes, racing thing that is on," and it's like, "Okay, great, thanks." You guys remember us from that last movie that was out. Yes, I mean, it really ties it all together with a pretty little bow, doesn't it? <laughs> Remember that time we died on the sandfires? That was pretty cool, guys. Uh, I like the way Jabba um, starts the race by uh, biting the head off of an animal and spitting it against a gong. Yeah. Because, you know, he's a, he, he's a mobster. Yeah, I mean, that's what mobsters do. At least he didn't take out his Tommy gun. I mean, you know, it's, it's based on a story uh, about mobsters in the 40s here. A guy used to uh, spit meatballs uh, against a gong to, to let people know when they could and could not come in and out of his restaurant. Dan? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> uh, I may have made that up. Oh, you, you think? <laughs> you, oh, you, you almost got me, Dan. <laughs> I'm not a historian or anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mobster historian. It's uh, it's plausible though. A mob historian. Yeah. yeah but go. um. So no, it's not plausible. But, but moving on. Uh, so not have, only are they doing this relap race, there's also some uh, some of those. Uh, what the, what are the guys called out there? Uh, uh, Tuscan Raiders. There you go. The Tuscan Raiders are uh, shooting at them. Yeah. Because you know it's apparently it's it's an unregulated race, so they're just allowed to shoot at the race cars as they go by. Because that yeah. Just, re- remember them from Star Wars too. Yeah, remember that one time we hit Luke with the stick? Yeah, uh, 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 and then raising the thing, yep. Yeah, it just adds some interest uh, to the race, you know, because you, you, you got to race it as it lies, uh, in which case, you know, there's some people shooting at you. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most unrealistic aspects of this race is the lack of advertisement. Uh, but the... <laughs> Well, this is like the the uh, the indie circuit, the dirt track. Uh, yeah. So th- this is where people... Um, this is where people put in their time before they, they, they go to the pros. Well, one of the things I like is the uh, uh, crowd benches and stuff. Uh, I did not know this when I first saw this movie, and I still find it so wacky to think about, is that they're little Q-tips. What? In the stands. The little Q-tips. The, they're Q-tips? Yeah. They shot that part practically? Yeah. Little Q-tips. Look it up later. <clears throat> That's um, it's a thing. It's fascinating. Little Q-tips for the people, huh? Yeah, I, you know, I um, I going back to the advertising. I think the reason there's no advertising on this is because, um, as you pointed out in one of the other episodes, uh, pod racing is not really uh, a big thing anywhere else ever again in any of the other movies so this really must just be like the tatooine equivalent of like cow tipping where it's like uh you know amateur cow tipping where that you know you can have competitive cow tipping all you want but it's not going to be the kind of thing that's going to warrant corporate sponsorship okay that's just my theory <laughs> it's, a, it's a good theory <laughs> <laughs> Pod racing has counted. <clears throat> so, uh, who wins the race, Joe? Uh, it would happen to be Anakin Skywalker after an amazing feat of sound design and one of the biggest advertisements for previs you've ever seen in your life. Um, <laughs> for other directors, uh, speaking of advertisements, but uh, basically every other director saw this and they heard the behind-the-scenes stuff, or they were like, "Yeah, we did it all in like Lightwave," and some students did it. Um, and they were like, well, <laughs> I was not familiar with that. 
Uh, this is like one of the first instances of, uh, of, of doing like previs to map out like a whole sequence and then they'd go back and do it all for real later. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Students. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think all of them were students, but. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the thing that, uh, the short footed guy sabotaged falls off and then yeah. like, oh no, what if his engines is going to crap out? But then he. He pushes some buttons and moves some things and repatches some stuff, and then both of his engines are at full capacity again, and he wins the race. Yeah. And the other guy crashes and explodes. All the capacity. Um, what, uh, what point do you want to talk about all the people that this small child kills? What? <laughs> like, are we supposed to assume that that guy that like he smashed into the rock that he was competing against lived? No, I mean, I just, I guess I never really thought about it before. <laughs> and then also, uh, later when he's inside the blockade ship and he blasts the, uh, their, whatever, their power thingy mabob and the whole ship blows up, which is his doing. Uh, yeah, you know. but, but, but this is pod racing, Dan. You're ruining right. the moment. <laughs> right, but like, you know, uh, this, this small child murders people in this movie. Uh, it was only like 12 people, it was mostly droids. <laughs> well, there were there were at least twelve people on the the. Uh, I mean, the, every 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 eight year old wipes out like a few people. It's 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 normal. At least none of the people he killed were in the same room as him on the ship. He was mostly just looking at droids when he was shooting with the ship. But all all of the viceroy people up on the the the, the command deck or whatever, uh, they blew up away from his his sight, so he didn't have to feel bad about murdering people. Yes. I mean, he's got to get a little practice in killing people in this movie so he can really gear up for the next couple. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> Just like a murder murder ramp up. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he does he does casually slaughter a lot of people with some smiles and some winks. But, uh, well, not winks. He doesn't really wink. But I, I, I mean, like to imagine. He basically goes yeehaw while everyone behind him explodes and dies. Yeah. He does say, this is pod racing. We better get out of here, R2. <laughs> now that we've set the entire ship on fire. Uh, uh, so, anyway. So he they, wins the race. They, uh, and they, they get the stuff to go back to the ship, and they do it in two trips so that they can install the hyperdrive, and uh, Ewan McGregor's all like, we'll do this real super easy-like. And I'm like... It's a hyperdrive. How do you just slot that in? Is it like a USB connection? Like, <laughs> how are you bozos going to do it? <laughs> I mean, you just roll the beryllium sphere into the engine, and then it just sort of, like, hooks up or something, right? <laughs> miners, not miners. But um, so they they hook that in while they're gone, and then they come back with the kid, and it's like, oh, I don't want to run. And it's like, run, because there's the thing. And it's it's spooky, creepy Darth Maul. That scene cuts in. I mean, the rest of this movie is not the most swiftly paced, but that scene cuts in like two minutes late. Like they were on this walk or whatever. Are we to believe that they didn't shoot any of that? It's just like cut to Qui-Gon and Anakin. And suddenly there is a Darth motorcycle overhead. And it's like, quick duck. It's like, what? what? Like you just skipped something. What happened? That is not in line with the pacing of this movie. No, it's it's kind of ridiculous, actually. Um, and especially since we know that he's been searching for them. And one of my favorite things in this whole film, 
ever since I first saw this, and I know that no one else laughs at this, but I always laugh at it, is when Darth Maul first lands and it's all spooky and scary, and the the his little uh, probe droid things come out and they they all go zooming off, and then he gets on his little motorbike thing, the Crescent motorbike, and when he goes off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh at that because I'm like, oh no, he's dead. <laughs> Move on with the movie. <laughs> well, it's probably like a slightly uh, smoother, like Black Diamond ski slope over there. So he just kind of hovers down quickly. Well, I know. We see him go off in the distance, like almost immediately after that, but it's just kind of a funny drop. <laughs> like, I always, I always yeah. viewed that as kind of hilarious. Like, why not just show him slowly go off into the distance? Why did it need to be like <laughs> just drop off the side of a cliff? Uh, he's extreme, man. He's had a bunch of Mountain Dew and he wants to take the, the the steep hill yeah he had the the sith flavored doritos <laughs> <laughs> uh dare to be extreme or whatever they're mm-hmm. uh dare, dare to be bold something something like that so, so who cares <laughs> so <laughs> so they you know have that's, not, that's not actually his skin color or paint he he just ate a lot of doritos and all that's a lot of dorito <laughs> powder on his face <laughs> It's terrible. Uh, so he, he really likes Doritos. Oh, sure. And so they, they uh, but he catches up with them and he's all like, run, get on the ship, tell them to take off. And then they take off and it's a fly low. And then he hops on and it's like, ha ha. That's, <laughs> that's the scene. <laughs> Later, bro. Yeah. And then they, they go off to Coruscant. Uh, no more problems to be, to be had until they arrive at the capital. And then uh, Terrence Stamp shows up and, and it's like why why did you why did you cast such a such a good actor and such a ridiculous thing but you know i mean he he was grod in superman too so i guess it's not like he's not used to being in ridiculous things and he's also the bad guy in the get smart movie did you see that yes isn't uh, he's also in uh yes man isn't he yeah he'll be basically i guess in anything um so maybe i shouldn't be surprised at all but uh he's kind of like a poor man's malcolm mcdowell except malcolm mcdowell is now doing uh like microwavable nacho commercials he is he he lost the pomegranate thing (laughs) i don't know Uh, palm wonderful now dan palm wonderful now (laughs) he might still be doing that (laughs) but uh, in these these microwavable uh palm is the fire in which we burn commercials he's like uh that is it's you're, him and like a, a seventeen-year-old girl. You're talking over my Star Trek joke. Mm. But, uh, Did you not understand it? No, you said you said palm something. Palm is the fire in which we burn. Okay. You, you're just gonna move past that. Except from that one where Spock dies. <laughs> well, now I'm moving past that. <laughs> Good lord uh so let's 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 move on back to the thing so they land on the the platform and we get a lot of really dodgy green screen for a couple seconds (laughs) the parking platform that's hovering in the middle of nowhere and then they take like a universal studios ride to the senate what 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 about that seems secure to you (laughs) Uh, a convertible cab that has no seatbelts well a convertible cab that has no seatbelts and and no top (laughs) <laughs> they're just blowing in the wind yeah just it's just no, no windshields just sort of like hovering out there i hope there were seat belts i mean because it's a long way down i mean if they wanted to like assassinate queen amidala they could just like do a barrel roll and she would fall out yeah i mean as we know in later films nothing ever happens on any of these floating landing platforms <laughs> but o- oops updraft suddenly barrel roll she falls out yeah. And a story. Uh, it's so it's so ridiculous. And they have one like weird sketchy alien pilot guy who's doing it and it's just like okay. 
Where where is the security? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. All right, whatever. Uh, and and Terrence Stamp has his blue Republic Guard guys with their things. And yeah. oh, we missed the part where on the ship, uh, Anakin talking to Padme. Uh, oh, and he gives her the little bit thing. Yeah, and uh, she says, you know, I care for you too because they're children. They can't say love or anything. Because that like would that. be gross. I care for you. Like, sure, that's it's probably the, some stuff that kids learn before recess that uh, the, the viewers of this movie would be familiar with. Ugh. Um. <clears throat> so icky, the icky, gross. Yeah, the Senate. Um. <sighs> Palpatine does his uh, sleight of hand to basically say uh, everything's too bureaucratic. Um, the Chancellor has been accused of corruption. Uh, not much to be done if he can't help us out. In the, and predictably, all of the people in the Senate are going like, hey, you're lying about us invading you. You have no evidence, which I, couldn't they just call somebody up on like a hologram phone and like point their hologram phone at all of the, the troops there or something? But apparently not. So um, the bureaucracy is stunted because uh, everyone's basically saying like, I don't believe it. So we're going to put together a, a council to go find out if you're lying or not before we do anything. And Padme is like, nope, I have I have no patience. Well, sorry. Queen Amidala has no patience for any of this. So she falls right into uh, Palpatine's trap and says she uh, petitions for a vote of no confidence in the Chancellor, which apparently all you have to do is say those words and, like, suddenly he loses power, like he's some sort of ghost or whatever, and they, she said the magic incantation to make him lose his seat on the Senate. It... That's not sense. how politics works. It, no, but nothing, nothing about this makes any sense. Yeah. So, uh, so then she goes back to her little quarters, and uh, Palpatine's like, "Hey, good news! I was nominated as one of the potential new chancellors, so that would be pretty dope, right? Because then I could like help us, because we need help, and somebody's got to help us. So uh, we'll get a sympathy vote too, because um, uh, people know we're sad and stuff. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna." I'm going to get a promotion, which is pretty cool. Like, it doesn't really help us with regards to the plot of this movie. No, nothing uh, helps him with the regards to the plot of this movie. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Palpatine's getting some more power, which is cool. And then Queen Almodel is like, you know, I'm going back home. They're like, you can't go home. They'll just capture you and make you sign the treaty. And she's like, nope, I'm not going to sign the treaty, but I'm going home. And they're like, didn't you just hear what I said? They're like, they still have the whole planet, so they're just going to capture you as soon as you land. She's like, we'll figure it out when we get there. Which they totally don't. They get captured as soon as they show up. So dumb. So basically, she shows up, um, basically goes to the Senate, uh, totally shits on the vice chancellor or whatever. Supreme chancellor. Supreme chancellor. She, I don't she, know what the other chancellors were. Was there like a grande chancellor? Like, what? <laughs> how, do we, how did we get to supreme? Uh, she ruins the venti chancellor's day, and then she's like, later, guys, I got to go home because uh, my people need me, even though I don't know what I'm going to do there. I just want to be with them when they all die or something. Well, Which, speaking of, like, her, her people, we never really see, like, the inhabitants of Naboo, aside from None the, of uh, them, the except for her staff. <laughs> <laughs> it's her, her staff, all of those buildings, and then uh, the Gungans. So maybe all oh, of those oh, buildings oh, oh. are where she keeps her wardrobe. Don't forget the pilots, I guess. They count. Sure, sure. Yeah. The pilots, her staff, the Gungans, and then just a bunch of her clothes. And then at the end celebration, there's a crowd. Sure. I mean, there's there's a wide shot with some fireworks. Maybe it's more yeah. Q-tips shooting fireworks. You know, that goes on forever. Don't you love that? Isn't that great? Uh, no. 
not not great. Um, So anyway, uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about all of the Senate scenes when I watch it now is that... (laughs) There's something? No, it's specifically that it makes no sense. And so you can tell that George Lucas doesn't actually understand anything about politics. He just doesn't like them. Because all he does is talk about how it doesn't work. And so it's like, great, this didn't accomplish anything. Like, the, the, story-wise, the mechanics don't do anything. Uh, plot-wise, all it does is stall us some more and get this other guy in charge. And we're left holding this bag of what did we watch? Like, what is happening? Like, this makes no sense. Well, he wrote these scenes while watching uh, The Little Rascals, where they, they had their little, uh, you know, boys-only tree fort, uh, and they, they had, like, a little mock, uh, you know, uh, hearing in there or something that's where he got his his information about how politics actually works. well because you know what else would also be good um uh, uh uh counter arguments for some of these things that the other people were bringing up like oh hey maybe i do have witnesses my ambassadors that i sent that you guys tried to slaughter who were jedi who everyone respects in the Galac- galactic republic maybe they could come say some things <laughs> no they can't come say some things because Qui-Gon is so super excited to train Anakin to be a Jedi that he just goes straight to the council. But but why don't they even suggest that as a possible option? They're just like, skip because that. Because their queen is 14 years old or something. Oh my god, it's so ridiculous. I hate it so much. It makes me so angry. Speaking of, uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go to the Jedi Council, and Qui-Gon's like, dude, I totally fought a Sith. Like, he was trained in the Jedi art, which is apparently what they describe lightsabers and like flips and force pushing and stuff and uh they're like wow that's huh how did they come back without us noticing that's weird uh we should have been paying more attention because that's a bummer um and then he's like okay cool thanks uh see if you can figure out what's going on there later and then obi-wan goes to leave and qui-gon's like "Uh, i got another thing see this cool kid here he's over twenty thousand. i want to train him as my new assistant because obi-wan's totally ready to be a jedi knight and he doesn't need to be uh an apprentice anymore and uh whether you say yes or no, I'm going to um, train him because he's over 20,000 and uh, you guys are all wise and stuff, but I don't care what you say because, uh, you know, I ran his blood test and he's a pretty cool kid. Yeah, my uh, lady safety razor told me that this is <laughs> a good thing to do. <sighs> Dear Lord. Um, but the, <laughs> uh, the, the thing that I was going to say about, about whatever... Whatever crap fest this is, is that uh, the Jedi Council things are so boring and so bureaucratic and so nonsensical um, that uh, it it really makes the entire thing just drag to a screeching halt, uh, especially when you're only counterbalancing this with the Senate scenes. So it's just like, well, here's the part of the movie we made entirely out of lead. Uh, and <laughs> but Yoda's there. CG Yoda is there. Well, CG now, but he was a puppet originally. And if you watch the version that's a puppet, it's it's actually pretty terrible. Um, and it's surprisingly terrible because. What, what do you mean he was a puppet originally? Like this this movie uh, got redone too? Oh yeah. Hmm. Dan, I don't know if you're aware of this, but George Lucas. <laughs> is, is never done with any movie well um, then uh i i uh, which version did i see because i watched the blu-ray version uh i Spoiler don't know. alert i did not buy this movie <laughs> okay well <laughs> shucks dan um now uh if you saw a puppet 
then you saw the original version. If you saw CG Yoda, then you saw the the, the fixed version. Pretty sure I saw CG Yoda, but I did hear. I I know I heard that robot say, "Does not compute. You're under arrest." So maybe there is a there. Maybe there's three versions. Uh, well, no, whatever. If you heard "Does not compute," it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> let's let's move on. It it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. But uh, <sighs> but yeah, there's the original version had a puppet, and no one liked the puppet. Not even not not even George Lucas, <laughs> who is fine with lots of other crap. But uh, but that was that was a, that was just something he he could never live with. And so after he made, <laughs> it wasn't up to his original vision. No, of course not. Uh, and, and, you know he's all he's a stickler for his original vision. Um, as as whatever that was that GameSpot article about the CBS interview or whatever it was where. George Lucas is like, yeah, I gave them my ideas and they didn't go with it. So it's just like a breakup now where I'm not going to pay attention to them. And it's just like, Jesus effing immaculate midichlorians, George. Like, what? <laughs> you're, you're, you don't even stick to your original ideas. When was the last time you stuck to any of these? Because um, he, he replaces the puppet with the CG version. Uh, for I presume the Blu-ray release, but definitely for the iTunes release, which I watched, uh, and and it's just it's it's better than the puppet was because the puppet was worse than the puppet that was in <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. If that makes any sense to you at all, I don't, I don't know how they would do that. Uh, I don't know either. But you should go watch some of the YouTube comparison videos afterwards. Uh, but, <laughs> I will but do it's, that. It's a thing. It's a thing that happened. Hmm. Anyway. Uh... Where were we? They the get off Jedi the... Council. He wants to train the kids over twenty thousand. They're like, "Whoa, that's a lot of midichlorians." Uh, so they're like, "Yeah, bring the kid in. We'll scope him out. We'll we'll, we'll give him a test." Um, and apparently, the test for being a Jedi is the same test that Bill Murray runs on college students in Ghostbusters, <laughs> where it's see if you can guess what image is on my screen. <sighs> which yeah, he, you know, he does. Uh, he, he aces it. Uh, to which Sam Jackson sort of nods over at Yoda. And then, uh, you know, they, they, they ask him some questions, and then they're like, we didn't really need to ask you those questions because we can totally sense your feelings and you're totally afraid of stuff. Yeah. Fear, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hatred. Hatred, uh, hatred leads to suffering. suffering. There you go. We got that thing. That was in the trailer or something, wasn't it? Yes, 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 yes. You see, way back when, last year, around this time, when we did our episode on trailers that were complete and utter disappointments, we highlighted this one. In particular, because <laughs> uh, uh, if, if you could tell from however long we've been talking about this for like an hour and 30 something minutes, but uh, we might not think this was as successful as maybe the trailer was going to lead us to believe. Yeah. No, I mean, there are moments. I was even watching this movie and I go, oh, yeah, that's that cool shot from the, the trailer. Because uh, there are, you know, you see those shots and you're like, ooh, that would be really cool to put in a trailer. And you're like, they did put that in the trailer, and that's why the trailer was good and the movie is not. Yeah. Wipe them out. All of them. And it's like, well, that's great. That's wonderful. Good job. That's actually the one I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> only only funny story. Um, a walking droid hologram thing hobbles around <laughs> saying that. And now, was it more of a crab robot or an end table robot, do you think? I, I think it was a crab end table, if that makes any sense. It's, it's sort of like Flintstones furniture, where it's like... <laughs> Eh, it's a living. Um, cause, <laughs> it's a crab end table. It, it normally sits by your couch and brings you seafood, seafood hors d'oeuvres. Uh, 
it's it's so ludicrous that they can eat with their puppet fish lips. Well, um, I mean, it, they've had all of these phone calls, these hologram phone calls, where they're all just sort of standing still. That he wanted to do a walk and talk hologram phone call. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you couldn't do that with old technology. You could do that with new technology. Isn't that amazing? And it's like, why why did why did we need that? Do you think that would give uh, Palpatine sort of like um, like motion sickness, where like he feels like he's moving backwards even though he's standing still? So like when he hangs up the phone call, he like well maybe like falls over backwards or something because he ha- he had the the fake momentum of his hologram phone call. Well, not just backwards, but also I don't know if you could notice, but the hologram is moving side to side with the crab walk. Oh yeah, because it's like bouncing left and right. Yeah. So could you imagine your whole entire world just wobbling back and forth? <laughs> if I was the emperor on that phone call, I would be like, can you? F- Stop walking, <laughs> please. You are making me want to throw up my lunch. It's like those people who have those really inconsiderate speakerphone calls. <laughs> <laughs> I saw somebody the other day who was driving and having one of those conversations. It was on speakerphone, but they were holding it like a slice of pizza, like right up to their mouth, like completely horizontal. Uh, well, that's what they used to do back in the Nextel days. They push that horrible button, make the loud chirping, beeping noise, and then oh, they just yeah, squawk into it. I remember those things. That was all like Sprint. Yeah. It was back in the day. It was the it was the style at the time um, oh. as, of, of this episode. <laughs> you haven't done one of those in a while. Well, I did one at the beginning of this episode, but you didn't miss it because it it went under the blockade. Um, mm. But the uh, anyway, <laughs> they all agree to go kill all the people when they go back to the thing because they're like, we can't just sit around here and wait for the Senate to do something because they won't maybe not sort of kind of do it, and we'll go to the thing. And maybe die sort of maybe not there, but who knows? And these two Jedi will come with us, and the little kid, and no one else. Because um, there's a whole planet full of people, and they don't care. Uh, and that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. No more Jedi. No, no, like, I don't know, Greenpeace or whatever. No, no one else is like, yep, totally going along with you guys. Nope, just them. And then they go back. And then they are like, yeah, so let's land and talk to the Gungans. And there's only one droid control ship now, so it should be much easier. And the Gungans are all like, we're not going to help you because you think you're better than us. And she's like, well, they're they're in their sacred place, too. They're not in their underground uh, uh, city because uh, the robots found them, just like they said they would. I'm really confused about their sacred place, by the way, because they are obviously statues of sort of basically like cambodian hindu statue kind of things like or 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 buddha statues like something vaguely cambodian about the statues uh and they look human-esque and they the gungans are many things but human-like i would not use as a descriptor of their faces uh so i don't know why that's their sacred place but it is i guess maybe they took it over from i don't know the ancient naboo people who used to live there or something but but that, that's the thing they got, uh, is this place with some broken heads. Maybe uh, their civilization worships uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and they sort of built it to look like that because the, it, it, it makes them happy. I suppose. Um, so they... Indy! Ugh, God, that movie. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> um, and so uh, they, they, they go and they talk to the guy, and the queen's all like... You know, you we respect you and stuff, and then the then Padme, the handmaiden, speaks up and it's like, "I'm really the queen. That's my decoy." And we're everyone in the audience. The first time you watch this film is like, "What?" <laughs> like, 
like, what? The old switcheroo. Well, no, no, but see, the first time you watch this movie, you're like, this makes no sense. Like, why did this happen? How did we see this coming? What was happening? What was going on? Um, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and I saw this, I was like, that is, that is like out of left field. That made no sense in comparison to anything else that was happening. Uh, nowadays, I know, of course, every time I watch it, exactly which scenes have Natalie Portman in it and which scenes do not. Um, and which scene she's the queen and which scene she, she is not. But as someone who thought Natalie Portman was in all of the roles, can you explain to me at what point you thought that maybe there was a decoy in this film? Uh, there was one point on one of the ships where they were kind of standing close together and you're like, they look pretty much the same. So something weird there. Okay, so you thought they were decoys. So you, you, you've never been surprised by this reveal. I, I could not tell you if I was surprised the first time around, but, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, I, the point at which she tells Padme to go clean R2, that's the point in this movie now where I go, oh, okay, clearly they're doing a thing here. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I mean, there's, there are a couple other moments where, um, down on Tatooine where, uh, she's yelling at Qui-Gon like you shouldn't be doing this he's like no 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 the queen trusts me and he's and she says something like uh you assume too much which is not the appropriate response to whatever Qui-Gon said but that's her going like no I really want to tell you that I'm the queen but I can't because I'm undercover yeah but the first time you watch this film you might not pick up on that maybe I mean as a small child I did not pick up on that but uh you know who knows your mileage may vary your queens may vary <laughs> Um, and so they, they have this reveal and I say that it's a reveal and that I was shocked by it and not, not in a complimentary way, not in a, oh, how clever, but in a, what the F, like, why was this even in here? Well, I mean, she doesn't have an army, so she's got to do at least something to protect herself. But this is a reveal in like a really dumb way, I feel at the end of the film, where we're finding this out if you didn't already know this. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of a not great surprise, I would say, no, from a narrative point surprise. of view. But, I mean, it also comes in handy later when they go to capture the Viceroy. But, oh, no, they get captured instead. But then, oh, no, the, the decoy is outside the door. And they're like, wait a minute, that's that's the queen, not this is the queen. Go get her. And then they all leave. And then they're like, haha, we got you. See, that is fine. I have no objection to that. I'm just talking about specifically... <laughs> I have objections to it. Uh, well, whatever. I, I'm just talking specifically about this particular moment when he chose to introduce this as the twist. It was just like, not good timing. It's probably just because the one who... The, the decoy is very sort of political and mellow and trying to just be uh, very calm in all of these situations. And the real queen... Uh, is much more passionate and emotional and really wants to make her point and say, you know, I'm pleading, I'm begging, I'm going to get down on my knees and beg, please help us, help us, please help yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's like, oh, you don't think you're better than us? I think that's great. Well, let's be friends and let's go die for you. Um, and so they do. Um, and they, they have this cockamamie plan where they're going to take the couple of speeder things they have and the rebel leaders of different factions that are spread out from certain volunteer police forces in those speeders back to the capital and they're going to break in and do a thing. Um, and meanwhile, the Gungans will distract everyone with their 
big battle force, which will draw everyone away. Only, it sort of, kind of works, but I don't know how they drew them away, because they basically sort of just walk out of the fog, and then all of a sudden there are droids there. (laughs) They've got their shield generators on top of big animals, which is, I mean, don't leave home without your shield generator, I guess. Uh, But then basically the droids just like walk through it, and they're like, well, um, huh, you thwarted us by walking. Well, see, that's one of those things. Remember when I said this is sort of like a, a movie that takes like a lot of uh, uh, some of the worst cues from Dune? Um, in, in Dune, the, the slow knife can move through the shield. And so you, if, if you are like, you know, firing things or shooting people, you won't get through their shield. But if you slowly move through it, you'll get through it. Um, and we see some of that in uh, the first Star Wars movie where the X-Wings can't fire on the Death Star until they pass through the electromagnetic shield and then they can do it. Mm. And then in Return of the Jedi, you can't move through the shield at all because you would be destroyed. Um, mm. So it's totally different. It's and like then, in Sneakers where he's got to walk really slow so he doesn't set off the sensor. Yes. My, yeah. my droid is my passport. Verify me. Um, and so <laughs> they, they have the Gungan battle, which all things considered, it's not like it's... It's not like it is... I, I want to say... If you took Jar Jar out of it, it wouldn't be the worst battle you've ever seen on screen with CG armies fighting each other. Would you agree to that? I suppose, yes. Okay. But because you have this comedy element of this buffoon who is somehow in charge of these forces in here, and it, it somehow reduces the competency of at least one side of this army, and you have the bozo army guys the droids who are uh by all counts idiots as well and so then you have these two comedy forces colliding on the field of battle and it's not funny uh and when george tries to play it play it for humor with bombs that explode and people tripping it, it is doubly not funny uh, it, 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 it's very strange tonally. I mean, I, I, there's not a ton of exploding. It's mostly like those big blue things that sort of electrocute the tanks and or robots. And then like the hover tanks just sort of like crash. And I guess some of them do blow up, but yeah, uh, it, it's more like, uh, it's like a giant game of dodgeball. Basically. It's not like a real war. No. I mean, cause the, the Gungans don't have anything that's like a normal weapon. Like, they have their, like, electrobolas or whatever you want to call it, where they're, like, hurling their their slings with their their electro blob things. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's really you, can, ridiculous. you can throw them by hand or uh, catapult them. And apparently it doesn't zap them if you just hold it. So No, that's not how it works, because you can hold it over your head at a ceremony at the end of the film. But um, so Was that another one of the same things, or was that I a different I have no glory? idea what that was supposed to be, but, you know, that goes on forever. But um, the... That was, the, that was the Mortal Kombat theme, wasn't it? No. And they had, they had little children going, ah, the whole that, you know, remember that? Oh, was, my the, God, the... the dr- the dramatic score in this, the, there were a couple moments where the score was like 10 times more dramatic than whatever we were looking at on screen. I think John Williams was trying to help uh, as much as he could, but he couldn't do it. He, he, he couldn't do it. It was I like that, that doctor the that's song. over the, 
the the dead patient with the the paddles and he's like clear clear and they're like no you can't do it they're I'm gone i'm up on you yet yeah no I, I did like the darth maul song uh for better or worse but uh there were a couple of moments which i can't even remember it's not where. the darth maul song duel of the fates whatever it's called darth darth maul has like certain like theme whispery chanty stuff whenever he does his things but that's different mm-hmm yeah I'm trying to I'm trying to find my note on where I actually took a note on the score, which is very rare for me. Oh, I hear I hear the pages flipping. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of <laughs> a lot of pages. So many pages. All yeah. the great pages. It's a real page turner. This movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, uh-huh. Dan, if you had to describe this movie, <laughs> real page turner. Yeah. Ah, I give up. Maybe it's in here somewhere later. Oh, good. That was worth it. Um. So. So I thought I wrote it at the top of one of the pages on the right here, but maybe it's at the, I don't know. There's a lot of notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel bad now. I mean, you, you poor pen addict and your, and your field notes. My handwriting is terrible too. When I'm sitting on the couch, I don't write very well, especially when it's kind of dark. Oh, my, my favorite, I think were my interstellar notes, which I took when I was in the theater and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't see, oh, well, I, I described this on the interstellar episode because I was like, I'm only seeing this thing once, let's be honest. And I'm definitely not going to be able to remember everything that's happening in, in like, what was it, three-hour movie? Um, yeah. So I was like, let me write this down. And so I had a, a notepad and I had a pen, and I was like, I know I can't see this, so I'm just going to scribble. And when I came out of there and I was looking at it, it was like, wow. So that's that's an interesting <laughs> series of maneuvers that i executed with that pen because it, it's uh, most of it like overlapped uh in places because i would like rest the pen and then go back to write another line and write over the previous line it was it was great stuff it was it was gold uh, i think i told you then you got to get one of those little pens with the led on the bottom of it i'm not gonna be that person dan hmm. i found what i wrote uh i wrote underwater score exclamation point exclamation point Ah! Uh, exclamation point because there was a lot of that going oh, on. oh yeah when they first see the, the giant fish yeah it was uh it was it was uncalled for you know what was also uncalled for being chased by a giant fish yeah well i mean it was like three giant fish there's <sighs> always a big fish um what what i really hated about that is there is the first bigger fish thing of a fish biting another fish and then they're like you know what that was so good let's do that again <laughs> yeah, it's, it's he hot wires it, and then the light comes on, and boom! There's a giant monster right in front of him. It's like ah, run away! Yeah, and there's another fish. Ah, and there's the thing and eats it. Ah, it's just like why, 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 bozo? Why did you do this? Like it didn't, it didn't need to be this way. Like we, we could have totally figured out that they got to the other side of the planet or wherever they needed to go. It could have been next door. It didn't need to be the other side of the planet. Why did it need to be so dramatic? We didn't even talk about the fact that um, they have to go through the planet core to get to the Naboo quickly, uh, because apparently they landed on the opposite side of the planet from where the Naboo live, which is apparently also where the army landed, the opposite side of the planet. And yet, the army gets to Naboo before they do by going all the way around the planet just on their little hover tanks. Yes. Well, maybe the Gungans don't have hover things because everything they have seems to either walk or go underwater but it's they they both landed on the complete opposite side of the planet like if you're staging an invasion maybe don't go that far away well also we have no conception of what time has passed in this film do we 
No, not really. Yeah, so we have no idea when that coordinated attack was actually executed. <laughs> I think I think it's probably like three days. Who knows? <laughs> uh, time is relative in space, Dan. Isn't that amazing? <sighs> Only if you're moving near the speed of light, which this movie certainly is not. Yeah, well, but they do when they use the hyperdrive, which mm. when it, when it wasn't leaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we, we we didn't uh, mention that uh, Jar Jar was promoted to general, which is ah which general kind of a... bombad uh, whatever the f he said. And then the, their plan is to uh, to go to go capture the viceroy. That was the other thing, which I think we've talked about before. Um, their plan is to capture the viceroy, which is in the. Uh, it, whatever her castle or whatever and you know as you know from all movies once you capture the leader of the bad guys all of the bad guy subordinates stop well if you also kill the bad guy or destroy his magical implement or whatever then all of the other bad guy minions stop yes and but this she movie- basically says if we capture the viceroy uh everyone else will be confused and just give up yeah well i mean racial stereotyping she is assuming that they're cowards just like qui-gon did at the beginning of the film uh yes uh yeah. he outright says they are cowards and it'll go quickly which is yeah you know, yeah which for, is uh for coming really... into a, a negotiation with another culture is a little xenophobic what are you gonna do yeah i mean uh as evolved as the jedi are supposed to be don't, don't you think he should maybe not have said that quite so well as he did uh for that thing that yeah. that was there but whatever they decide that this is their plan and of course they know that the viceroy is in her palace in her throne room because where else would he be that would be tactically sound and where else would she assume that maybe he would be which could be a safe assumption for her but they don't they're just like yep totally in my palace thing okay let's go uh and uh so the the gungans walk out onto the windows xp wallpaper and do battle with the droid army uh and there are a lot of beautiful shots in here which really do look nice still to this day so many years later especially when like the droids are being unloaded from the the little carrier things that they're on and the you know thing is unmounting them and the mechanical motion of the whole whole process is unfolding and they're swinging on the little things it's just like that it's all nice stuff, and they're all standing up from the thing, getting ready to fight, and they offset all of their animations so it wouldn't be exactly the same. Like, it looks totally interesting and, and nice. It, it's, it's nice. Like, I, I have no objection to it. Uh, there are other things that I have objections to, but, but that is not it. Uh, and uh, it's, it's sort of a disappointment that all of that uh, was also seen in the trailers. And it was another one of those things where it was like, wow that's gonna be awesome and then it wasn't because they fight the gungans and it's all like sort of like sort of swinging and hitting and bolts firing at things and bouncing off of things and like people like falling over and stuff the gungans have an underwater city with these weird sort of portals that you can swim through which apparently once you go through uh you're no longer wet from the water uh not to mention your james bond little um Oh, they're waterproof. Thing. Um, yeah, they're, they've got hydrophobic clothing. Uh, and they've got, you know, um, underwater submarine-type ships or whatever. But apparently their technology with regard to weapon just stopped at, like, catapults. So that's... Well, there's a curious line where Amidala is talking to uh, 
the the I don't know ruler king boss man whatever of the Gungans and it's like well our people have never warred and it's like never never ever that's weird because why do they have any weapons <laughs> why do they have shields is that just for like for funsies like are they tribal like were they fighting each other like why does that exist <laughs> at not, all they're not so stupid that they wouldn't have at least some bit of defense against what what were they assuming that they would be be in threat of like what 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 did they think would happen i don't know giant fish monsters or something i mean a, a catapult that shoots uh electric balls would be really handy underwater yeah as well as <laughs> elephants that can walk on land and project a shield dome like that's also helpful underwater yeah it doesn't make any sense like all, all i'm saying is why they have an army and they've never fought each other it doesn't make a lick of sense i mean if they fight if if they fought other gungans or something if they had like some sort of like gungan infighting or whatever then maybe that was the case for it but like in terms of the naboo versus gungan thing that doesn't make any sense and why it would be as advanced as like uh the the droid tanks are like it, it can deflect their weapon fire so it's like okay so it's not like they're covering themselves in in wooden sticks like the the Ewoks are. Like they're, they're a little more sophisticated than that. Uh, they can they can deflect that kind of weapons fire, but at the same time, it's just like why does that exist at all? It's just weird. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, okay, well make, let's move past. Sense. Yeah. Um. So they they have their thing where they get into the city and they use the speeder thing to fight on to fire on the thing and then it blows up the thing and they're all like, uh oh roger roger and crap and then uh they break into the hangar which they <laughs> broke out of already and, and uh <laughs> anakin climbs into one of the ships because hey look i'm a kid and qui-gon's like you should stay there it's gonna be totally safe for you that's probably the safest place to be on in a spaceship full of uh gas yeah and and r2d2 is in the uh astromex pocket in the back um, yeah he just and- he gets picked up by those alarm thingies yeah, I mean, he can't help it. It's just what he does. It's his lot in life. And mm-hmm. and so they get ready to do nothing. And then uh, the other pilots leave. And uh, Qui-Gon's like, you stay there. And then he goes over to the door. And the door opens. And it's like, you know, not good. Uh, it's not good. Not, not a good result you would want on the other side of your door. Um, <laughs> and the uh, and Amidala's all like, uh, we're going to take the long way around. And she takes her party over to the side and then the droid destroyer droids roll out and fire up their shields. And it's all like, Oh no, I got to do something. What am I going to do? And Anakin and like, well, what if I push this? This might be the trigger starts the engine. What if I push this? This might be the trigger closes the canopy. What if I push this? This might be the trigger. Finally pushes the trigger. Um, and they take off and he's like, Oh no, it's the autopilot. And then he starts flying. Why the autopilot works like this, I have no clue. Because you're just taking your ship over to where all the other ships are getting slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Um, it, They've got their route pre-programmed in so they can at least get there. But um, but how is that their route? <laughs> like, who downloaded that into the Nava computer? Like, what was what was that about? Uh, probably one of the guys with the hats. He's yeah. like, hey, guys, the, the bad guys are over there and we got to go attack them. Although... Um, 
you know, he he's uh, Anakin's a great pilot, uh, a great great pilot when we met him. Um, but uh, he can't figure out how to turn off the autopilot. Well, neither and, can R two. Well, he's he waits, wired he, into the computer. He does turn it off, but he he waits all the way at, until they get to the ship before he even mm-hmm. asks R two to turn it off. And he's like, "You did it, R two. My screen is now green, which means I can fly." And I grab these things and let's go left now. Yeah, and R two's like, "We should go back to the hangar," and he's like. No, R2. Qui-Gon said, I should stay here, so I'm going to stay here. Which is potentially something a nine-year-old would say, which is really, really uh, stupid. But um, He should have just been blown up. Like, he, he's, he's basically like, he finds himself in the ship, and then he, he's treating it like one of those little things that you put a quarter in outside of a Safeway, and it goes up and down like it's a fun little like ride. But no, he's in the middle of a dogfight in space, but he just thinks it's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, on set, I'm sure it was hilarious. Uh, but the... Uh, one of the nice things I have to say about the scene is it finally has female pilots uh, in Star Wars. And I say finally because in the future of this universe, there weren't any female pilots. Uh, but but now there are female fighter pilots. Uh, so that, that was that was good. But maybe that's why Nebu lost. But that's not great. I, don't, I would hope that's not the reason. But maybe they should have more female pilots in the new sequels. I think that would be good. Uh, I think there might be some potential of that. Uh, they, I mean, they didn't technically lose; like a lot of them die. But then Anakin, like, yeah, accidentally flew into a bay, and then his spaceship overheated or whatever. Can, can we? Can we? Can we just talk about what the f that was? <laughs> so he flies into the bay, which is full of uh, droids. more droids and uh, droid carrier ships or whatever. And he stalls out, and his little button doesn't work, so he just kind of hangs out there for a while, and then the droids get closer and closer, and then eventually his ship turns on again, and he starts shooting everything. Doesn't make any sense. Drives me nuts. I don't understand. And then he's just like, oh, maybe I'll push this thing, and then it's just like, is the, like, I don't know, proton torpedoes or whatever the hell that was, and then it fires off, and then it hits magically the reactor. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if you're just like spinning in circles, shooting and everything, uh, potentially you could hit a reactor at some point. Well, let's try spinning. It's a good trick. Um, so the, the thing I would like to point out is that s- the original three Star Wars movies set Anakin up a certain way in that he had a certain capacity, a certain knowledge, a certain skill set, you might say. And <laughs> in... This film, none of that is demonstrated. It is mostly blind luck that he is able to do anything at all that helps them. Uh, I mean, he, he's he's got some flying skills on land, not really in space. Yeah, exactly. So why, why, just why, just why, 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 Dan, why? <sighs> I mean, I guess at some point we're supposed to assume that he get some street smarts because in the original trilogy he is pretty quick on the ball and able to deduce what's going on and figure out where the 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 rebels are and all that fun stuff and he's able to get the information he needs uh but yeah there's nothing to lead us to believe that in his uh young days he was uh, given the appropriate education that would allow him to to become uh darth vader i would put forward a suggestion that maybe we should have seen Anakin Skywalker when he was competent as an initial <laughs> when would that be as an initial meet and greet 
I mean, he's really good at building stuff. Maybe that eventually translates into uh, his ability to... Um, no, fight. no, it doesn't translate into anything. <laughs> he doesn't build anything in the three movies that we've seen before. Uh, he's not, he he's not known as Darth Vader the Builder. <laughs> uh, you don't know, maybe he, maybe he built that little uh, sleep pod thing on the Super Star Destroyer. Oh, yeah, that's what he does in his spare time. He builds his own bed. He's like, oh, let's go to Ikea. I've got an idea. <laughs> It'd be so much easier to put together Ikea furniture if you could use the Force. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, those 52 nails I had to put in the back of that stupid dresser. Um, so the the thing where they blow up the ship and he kills all those people and the droids... <laughs> And, and, then, all, and all of the other ships outside are going like, hey, it's blowing up from the inside out. What's going on? Hey, look down there. There's one of our ships coming out. What's all that about? Look, we won. I, I, I would just like to say how glad I am that George Lucas made sure to make so many of the things that were implicitly showed on screen into lines that characters say as dialogue. I, I just want to convey that to the audience, how glad I am that that was, that was the thing he did, because... <laughs> In case you weren't watching, uh, Anakin won by blowing up the ship all by himself. It, he, he's, he's a big boy. It makes me so angry when he does that. Because it's just like, you are showing me and you are saying what is happening because you don't believe that I saw what you did. And I would just like to tell you that I saw it because I have nothing else to do other than watch your film. <laughs> well, again, uh, made for nine-year-olds. Maybe they looked down for a minute to grab another goldfish out of their Ziploc baggie or something. Uh-huh. Well, fanny packs aside, let's let's move on. Um, the uh, ship blows up. The droids are deactivated. Uh, yep, they all just fall down on the grass. Not just fall down on the grass. Their heads pop off, Dan. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, when you turn off the radio uh, to your droid, it does cause them to self-destruct. Well, Slack was down for like two hours. If my computer blew up, that would be kind of a problem, don't you think? Are you saying your screen didn't short circuit and pop off of the base of your laptop? (laughs) (laughs) My my iPhone didn't fall apart comically into several pieces um, when when Slack died. Uh, But... But yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense why that why why would that, would that even be a thing? Um, but but nonetheless, it is. Nine year olds did. Uh, it makes me so angry, Dan. Makes me so angry. And then, <laughs> then then there's the the throne room thing, which had happened slightly before this, where they shoot up the droids from the thing from her throne. It's nice that they had that in there. Honestly, she should know her throne room better than anyone. She should find the weapons that she had stashed away and use it. Her her decoy thing came into play. Like, it was good for her. Like, great. Fine. The droids that the Trade Federation employs are complete morons, but still, good for her. Like, great. Good good job. At least she didn't have to wait for the control ship to blow up in order to successfully navigate that situation. Although I do question whether or not it was a wise decision to um, climb out on a windowsill and use grappling hooks to go up a level uh, if you're the queen and you're potentially concerned about harm uh, happening to the queen. I don't... I, I mean, one of the things that I also find puzzling is the fact that this is somehow a democracy and they have a queen. But whatever, let's let's skip past that because I'm sure that'll be a question they answer later on. It isn't. But they 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 move move on to this next phase where they have that problem solved, they blow up the thing, and they have... 
Newt Gunray, the the viceroy, and they're like, "You're gonna sign my treaty now." And the new chancellor, uh, Chancellor Palpatine, shows up. Hopefully, he never becomes something crazy like an emperor. That would be horrible. Um, and he shows up, and uh, he has his little detail, and they all come out of the the ship, and they're like, "Oh, how great!" And uh, you know the one security chief guy has that terrible line about your your trade franchise will be revoked and it's like what why why would anyone say that um and uh they they take him away for things and then they have their funeral for qui-gon where they barbecue a body indoors yeah we we missed the part where uh qui-gon gets a gets a light stick in the belly oh and and, uh um obi-wan is trapped behind a, a laser door Sorry, I skipped that 20 minutes of that. Um, the fight was... I mean, there were some okay bits in the fight, but it was mostly nonsense. And then Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon gets uh, stabbed in the belly. And then... Uh, um, I, I gotta say, the fight goes on too long. Yeah. Honest, honest to God. No matter what your opinion is of the kinetic, frenetic energy that is, that is on display there, it is too long. Um, and the... Uh, other weird thing about it is like there's stuff where they're jumping up levels and then they don't like slice off each other's ankles, which is also strange. Um, and then there's the stuff where there are a couple, I know, I know for certain there's this one part where, uh, after Qui-Gon is stabbed in the belly and, uh, Obi-Wan goes to hit on, uh, Darth Maul with his, his lightsaber, Darth Maul swings it up in the air and then stops short and then Obi-Wan hits it. And you can see it on screen still mm. to this day. And I'm looking at it and I'm just like, that's not, that's not a convincing sell of this. I mean, I know there's a lot of energy that was happening on, on display, but it's all of course, heavily choreographed. Um, I mean, it, there's also the, like the matter of like the 60 story tall, um, catwalks through the energy room with just beams of light and stuff where, they're jumping between places which yeah is, you don't you don't mean they shouldn't have handrails on that kind of a thing i just like i question where uh, what is that room and where is it uh is it is it built into the mountain below them because it's quite large uh larger than pretty much the entire city of naboo but whatever uh and then uh, i'm yes. sure it, it sure goes into the planet core for the things and it sure. goes in the energy things and it's also pretty handy that that big uh hole in the middle of the floor had those things sticking out so obi-wan could hang on while um darth maul sort of like banged his lightsaber against the edge there to like drop sparks on him just to be a dick about it and then you know he he did his flip up in the air and grab qui-gon's lightsaber and slice him in half even though darth maul totally saw that he was looking over at qui-gon's lightsaber which was there so you would think like he would do like they have done in other movies where like as the lightsaber was flying toward obi-wan he could use his force to push it back in a different direction uh but no he just lets obi-wan grab it and slice him in half and you know red mist falls down the hole falls into pieces uh and that's uh it's the end of uh the sith or is it because while they're having their indoor viking funeral with people surround which it's a barbecue really it must have smelled awful in there um you know yoda and uh sam jackson uh, talk about how you know they, they always travel in twos, and which one did we kill the uh, the master or the apprentice? Uh, pan to Palpatine. I I don't know. Incredibly, if you tell. incredibly subtle. Well, incredibly while you subtle. were describing all of those horrible things, I was pouring myself another drink um, because it's horrible. It doesn't make any sense. And um, the the whole thing of like panning over slowly to Palpatine is like. Could could you just like punch me in the face? Like what what else would you like to do to make sure that I understand this? 
Like, I, I, I totally understand who Palpatine is. There, we there get is it. No, You're a Sith Lord. There is no question in my mind that that is Emperor Palpatine. His name is Palpatine. He is super evil looking. Actually, he, I mean, do we get the name Emperor Palpatine ever said in the original trilogy? Uh, it is never said. They only refer to him as the Emperor. Um, but in the expanded universe, he is always referred to as Emperor Palpatine. So the fact that it is Senator Palpatine is a huge, enormous clue that would tip off almost anyone. Um, and the heavy-handedness of all of the, the scenes involving Senator Palpatine, uh, I would say, should be an enormous hint as well. Uh, do, do you find any of that subtle? No. Uh, again, <laughs> nine-year-olds. Um, Wipe but, them out. All I mean, of them. Yeah. It, it's He did an okay-ish sort of job of making his voice sound slightly different from scene to scene, but his face still looks the same. I mean, yeah. his little and, nose, and, nose and mouth they, region. They go walking out on his balcony in Coruscant, um, you know, because obviously it's Coruscant. So guess where they are? And guess where, guess where uh, Senator Palpatine is? And guess how... Senator Palpatine might keep the Senate all tied up and and not doing anything. Maybe he's a senator or a chancellor or something. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. So um Uh yeah, well, you already covered the part where you send send the, they tell the viceroy, "Hey, you're going to have to go explain this to the Senate now, huh?" Mm. Huh? You're going to have to go explain how you started a war. That's going to be tough for you and you're going to lose your 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 certificate or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, Obi Wan gets uh, his official crowning as being a Jedi Knight from Yoda, and he basically says, uh, and they said, you know, but you know, you can't you can't train Anakin because we all decided you can't train Anakin, and he's like, no, but Qui Gon really believed in him, and I'm gonna do it anyway, and Yoda's basically like, fine, fine, we'll speak for the council, we change our mind. Yeah, uh, it was strange. It was a weird scene. Um, Because uh, I also don't know necessarily where all of these motivations are coming from. Because Obi-Wan didn't want to take care of the kid until Qui-Gon d- died, basically. <laughs> and then he was just sort of, like, guilted into it. Yeah. Um, it's, and- it's like that thing where somebody stands for something and, like, if they get assassinated while they're sort of, uh, you know, petitioning for their particular cause, that cause gets an extra rally of... Uh, support behind it so uh qui-gon while he was entirely uh misguided in his insistence that anakin be trained uh he died for that insistence and that means it must be valid enough to at least follow through on even if it means you know like all of the jedi dying eh, what are the odds of that um so, so <laughs> i gotta tell you pretty good there's three movies yeah well uh so anyway they they have their ceremony scene at the end, and they, they do the thing, and they hand off the glowy ball, and everyone's happy. Yeah, I mean, they got their party supplies together pretty quick, too. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> now that there's not a, a not a blockade of the planet, all the party supplies can come back right. in. Naboo must be, like, uh, it's entirely, like, uh, closets for the queen and, like, party cities. That's all that's there. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, what else are you going to do, Dan? I mean, all they have to do is is celebrate the queen. Hail to the queen. Uh, Yeah, hand the glowy ball to the Gungan. He holds it up in the air. Credits. (laughs) Well, we talked about it longer than... Well, almost as long as the Almost, almost. Almost. 
I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised we kept it as short as we did. I mean, Honestly, there's, there's we, so many things in here we could talk about, but 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 I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, do we really feel compelled to explore the depths of everything in here? I think we've explored it at least as in depth as the people who wrote it did. Yeah, and so the answer is no. Um, but the uh, yeah and. I have to say, honestly, when I was watching the HD version of this, because I had only, I think the last time I saw it was on, like, a DVD version that still had the puppet. Uh, it's it's mostly fine um, by modern standards, except for uh, there are a few scenes. And m- the one that sticks out the most is definitely the landing platform. The edges are all soft and smudgy and weird. Like if you go back and watch that 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 landing platform scene is just very strange in terms of the yeah. green screen. Um, Ewan McGregor's little fluffy hairdo was not really a great choice for green screen. No. Well, also didn't didn't they shoot this on Genesis or something like a Panasonic Genesis? Uh, this one I thought this one was uh, prior to the Genesis. Wasn't this the F nine hundred? So this would have been ten eighty i. Ugh. Uh, it's probably on uh, IMDb here. Let me take a look. Okay, I'm pretty sure this is uh, Sony F900. This so this predates the um, this this predates even HD 1080p. So they de-interlace everything. Oh my goodness, my oh me. Um, this lists uh, Airflex 435, 535B. So those are both film cameras, and the Sony HTC 750. That is not a good camera. Oh, I, I could have sworn. Oh. So it maybe was, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of the sequel films. I thought they used Genesis for one of them. It, yeah, I don't know if it was even out until maybe the the, the last one. Okay, maybe is, maybe it was the last one. This is basically like an HD like shoulder mount broadcast camera. Ugh. Yeah. Here's the brochure on the Sunny website. Oh, good brochures. Those are great for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Let me read you some white no, papers the, about the, the camera. Don't don't do it. <laughs> Oh, this is. A, they also make a version of this camera for with the big uh, built-in lens for uh, sports. Oh, great! All the yeah. sports. I love the sports. Maybe they Oof. can do some pro, uh, some uh, podcast uh, pod racing. Mm. Yeah. So uh, there's a Sony forum comparing it to the F900, which was the original 1080i camera that Sony came out with, the first HD one. Oh, fantastic! That's just what I want to hear. Um, but it wasn't until whenever, when, whenever Sin City came out, that's when they switched from the F900 to the F950, which allowed you to do the uh, uncompressed uh, sort of like fiber cable out the back so you could actually record uh, not like 422 super compressed HD cam 311 nonsense. Dan? Yeah. I was, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I've left this. <laughs> I'm a fan I, of cameras. What do you want me to I, say? I've left this behind me. <laughs> It's probably for the best. Um, it's not a great movie. Yeah, no, it's not. I, I even even at its best, even at the the like neatest concept design moments of it, and the th- neato maybe kind of things that could have been interesting, it 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 still it's still a leaden turd. <laughs> so I have a couple questions for you as a uh, Star Space fan. Um, I'm I sorry, a what? Space and Star movie things. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's just stick in the Star Wars universe. Um, 
So I, I know for episode seven, I believe they've they've stated already that they have not removed episode one, two, three from the canon of the film that they are making. Is, is that to your recollection as well? Yes. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean they're going to talk about it. <laughs> no, certainly not. But this may be a dicey proposition, and I certainly have one opinion. I'm curious how you would feel about a reboot of the prequels going back and rewriting getting from A episode one to B episode four. I don't care. <laughs> you don't care about, uh, coming up with a potentially more compelling origin story for Anakin. Here's the thing. I don't want to revisit this. I would like to just move past it. I don't feel like we gain much by talking about his origins and that the more we try to revisit it, we just draw attention to the fact that the other ones exist and that they also somehow deserve attention because they're the official ones. Because um, lest we not forget, George Lucas is Star Wars, and Star Wars is George Lucas. So this is his in every facet and way that it can be, uh, better or for worse. That the, these These... You know, this this is what it is. You take the good, you take the bad. That's the wars that you have, the stars of life, the stars of life. Uh, but the that I mean, so we we can we can sit here and talk about how we'd like to redo this, and there are fans that have that have put together like new edits of these these films. Oh, I'm not talking make- about edits. I'm talking about throwing out these stories and rewriting it from the from nothing. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying there are people who are excited enough to do that. Um, so th- there, there's also the possibility of just completely rebooting everything, but I don't personally feel like it is worth revisiting. I, I feel like you should just move forward with this. I feel like, if anything, you should just go, hey, you know what? We're just going to start making new ones. Ta-da! And go. That That's it. And if you're going to reboot it, it's going to be when the franchise starts to peter off and no one cares anymore. And then you go back in and you go, hey, guess what? We traveled back in time and then we rebooted it with one of the characters everyone likes. Who's still alive? Is it Mark Hamill? Let's do that. Um, and so that, that'll that'll be what they do. It'll be Hayden Christensen in the Obi-Wan role. Uh, dear Lord. Mm. Um, I, I guess I understand that sentiment, but it still feels like there is so much squandered potential with Anakin's backstory prior to Darth Vader, because we all love Darth Vader. He is a fascinating character with a lot of depth. Mostly the reason he has depth is because he is unexplored in the original trilogy. And I, you know, I feel like it would be interesting to try and do something with his backstory, whether or not you go all the way back to origin story, just seeing pre episode four Darth Vader could be cool. Uh, but seeing the, this, this is not, this is not what I want to see. No. Um, but, but I just wouldn't want to revisit this. And so if you're going to like redo prequels and you're not really redoing them, you're just starting over from scratch. So just like skip it. Just like whatever. Just what, what, this... what if we do a 3.5 where it's uh post Darth Vader, but pre episode four. Well, that's what star Wars rebels is trying to do. Have you, have you seen that? animated cartoon series uh i'm familiar with it but i didn't know that's what it was doing well they have they have a couple scenes with a uh, grand moff tarkin and a uh, vader in it and they're trying to sort of bridge the gap from the prequels to the new uh 
well, not new, but the original Star Wars series, where they're trying to say, like, this is how the Rebels came about. Uh, and so... <laughs> Does it include Darth Vader going to Imperial Law School to learn about, like, politics and join join up with the, the Empire? No, but he does kill people um, and, and things. Uh, I like... He, I've seen a few episodes of it, and I I don't think I'm fully caught up with whatever it is they're doing in the second season or whatever, but I saw the first, like, two episodes where they had Darth Vader in it, because uh, that intrigued me. Um, and sure enough, Darth Vader is in it, and he's doing his Darth Vader-iness to do the things, but... And it is more like the Darth Vader of the... Uh, of those first, I would say, two movies, even, uh, that than anything like the Darth Vader... Uh, the Anakin Skywalker that we see in the first three movies. So it's not so bad, but it, it is animated. So it has like that kitschy whateverness going on. And it's like a, it's a kid, it's a kid's cartoon. Like, let's just be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Um, so it's, it's not particularly sophisticated, but, but it is doing its best to, to redeem Darth Vader in that manner uh, as him being sort of a badass. Uh, the, the stuff that happened in the prequels, like without rewriting it completely from scratch, I don't know how you revisit that at all. Like I wouldn't want to be tasked with going back and revisiting the events of episode one to try and reorder that into a new movie. That doesn't make, who would want to see that? Uh, no. I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a good proposition for anyone. Um, you'd have to start from scratch on that. That's like square one rewrite. Uh, in the same way, though, that we talked about how some of the potential changes, like with Han and Greedo, where he's trying to make like, yeah, Han's not just a horrible bad guy who would shoot somebody who was trying to take him in for a bounty. Uh, we got to make it so your memory of him is a little better, where he's shooting to defend himself. Do you think this is kind of George preempting that with going like, uh, Vader, uh, he, he, he could have had potentially, he had, you know, he just had a hard time growing up and, you know, it, it's not really his fault that he ended up being bad. So like, look, he's really a nice guy, even though he was a horrible guy in those original trilogy. Remember at the end there when he took his helmet off and he kind of redeemed himself? Look, it, he was, he was good all along. Meh. Um, I mean, as opposed to having like an original trilogy where Vader is just like a little sh- all the time and just turns into a bad guy because that was his destiny. I just, I just don't see it being worth it. No, I'm just saying like, do you think that's why this movie is like the, the Anakin character is as sanitized as he is? I, I couldn't, if there's one thing I'm not qualified to do, it is guess what George Lucas is thinking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone can guess what he was thinking, which is why nobody understands this movie. No. Um, and I think that is particularly why George Lucas is so defensive about the prequel films um, and why he tried to graft some of the prequelness onto the latter three films after their special editions were done and when they were being re-released in Blu-ray. Because um, he... he, he he has like a different vision of things that is whatever his current vision is. And he's not afraid to rewrite things to be what his current vision is. Uh, so I have no idea. Cause you could also, if in the eighties you pr- proposition him with any of these other ideas, I'm not sure if he would have even cottoned on to them. Like it, 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 it it's so strange. Like I, I just don't know where it came from at all. Hmm. 
Got anything else? Nope. Let's wrap it up. Yep. <laughs>